Tyler. Hello. Is Alec Baldwin really going to jail? He's a celebrity. <laughs> Celebrities don't actually go to jail. <laughs> right? Like, he's going to get the biggest slap on the wrist, right? Yeah, you have to do some community service, pay a fine, blah, 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 blah. That's how it's going to go. He's not actually going to go to jail. <clears throat> no. To be completely honest, though, I am genuinely surprised that uh, they're even pushing to charge with involuntary manslaughter. I honestly thought that whole thing was going to get fucking tossed. Yeah. And I'm curious, like, I don't know the specifics on it, but, like, is there, like, a certain reason why, like, they're going with that? Do you know? I don't actually know. Like, I don't know what the specifics are. So. I, yeah, I, I don't know in... Every fucking legal system is different. Yeah. So like involuntary manslaughter and what we would call the same thing up here might slightly vary. Right. Manslaughter, USA. Because isn't is that kind of like where it's like, it's like not intentional, but like. Yes, it is defined as. clearly in, failed to like do something, which is it's like drinking and driving and you kill someone, right? Where it's like. Yeah, the definition is. It is defined as an unintentional killing that results either from recklessness or criminal negligence or from the commission of a low-level criminal act such as a misdemeanor. Okay. I wonder if this is because he was also, like, producing the film, too. Like, maybe because he has some production capacity. Maybe that's the reason, too. I don't know. I mean, that wouldn't necessarily surprise me if that was part of it. I don't know. I'm, I feel different about it. Like I, it, like it sucks that someone was killed. It sucks that someone was injured. Like that's all fucking terrible. Right. Yeah. But of course. Yeah. He, he didn't do himself any favors by sitting there swearing until he was blue in the face that he never pulled the trigger. And they're like, yeah, no, you definitely pulled the fucking trigger, dude. Like, I don't yeah. know who you're trying to fucking kid, but you definitely pulled the trigger. But nonetheless, I think all of the fucking blame legitimately should be going on to, like, the weapons handlers and shit. The ones who are supposed to check the gun for what's in there. The ones that double-check the gun to make sure the first guy fucking checked it. And then the guy that hands it to the actor and says, hey, this is a cold gun. Like, if you're an actor yeah. on set and you've been doing this for years and someone says, hey, this is a cold gun. It's been checked. And, like, chain of command, because I was reading into it, is, like, two or three people need to all check this fucking gun. Yeah. So if you're the actor and someone hands you a gun, says it's cold in your mind, you're going, okay, like three people have looked at this gun and verified that it can't fucking hurt anybody. Yeah. So like I should be able to wave it around, throw it on the ground, pull the fucking trigger a million times and absolutely nothing should happen because the three people whose responsibility it is to check that gun should have checked that gun. Yeah. Like it never should have made it to him fucking cold. So like, I yeah. don't know. That's that's where I'm torn on it because I'm of the mindset that he shouldn't be charged with fucking anything. Whether he's a, attached on here as a producer or not, the bottom line is the guys who were in charge of this gun handed it to him, told him it was cold, and there was live ammunition in it. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I don't know the specifics, but, like, live ammo probably shouldn't even be on set, I would assume. Like... I don't well, know that there's a reason for that. That's right? what they were talking about, like passing laws that would ban that. Like some of them were saying that they have live ammo for like some scenes do require live ammo in like a controlled setting. 
Oh, sure. Where like you're shooting at bins or cans or what have you, right? And it's not even necessarily the actors that are using them with the live ammo for those scenes. But there are some scenes where you would want a real bullet in there and you're actually shooting something. But those are like super controlled environments. No one in like certain areas only for crew and staff and da 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 da. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's kind of a terrible situation all around. Like I don't Yeah, it really is. I when they dropped this, did they announce that like anyone else is getting it? Or like when yeah, there's happened, two other they... people. Oh, okay. Like the so weapons, not... yeah, the weapons master, whatever you want to call it, on set is getting charged with the same thing, and then the person that handed him the gun and told him it was cold is getting the same thing. Right. Okay. So there's three people. I think I believe it's three. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm there's at least at least one other person. I'm very confident there's two <laughs> other people in this situation who are both being charged. Also with involuntary manslaughter, and I think one of them is facing some additional charges. Okay, so probably everyone that handled the gun that day, I would assume. Yeah. Which I wonder if that's why they just, like, blanket was just like, hey, everyone who touched that thing that they were throwing charges at, because, and then whatever. But, yeah. I mean, does this even go to court? Probably not. <laughs> I think it does. Yeah. Think they'll actually. I think Alec actually Baldwin will get. For? I think Baldwin will get fines, and he'll get some like maybe some community service and some other fucking stuff. I don't think he's actually going to serve any jail time. I bet you one of the other two people, though, one of them faces jail probably. time. Probably, yeah, probably. Because Baldwin's going to go in there to court because they're going to charge him with this, right? And then he'll have to go to court, and the prosecutors will plead their fucking case, and he'll have to go on the defensive, and he's going to hire some. Top tier fucking lawyers and the top tier lawyers are going to be like, hey, hey, whoa, 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 nah. Yeah. This is why he shouldn't be held responsible. And I mean, realistically. The other guys are just going to get like some SAG union lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they're not going to be able to afford the stuff that, like, you know, at, you, at the end of the fucking day, if OJ Simpson can fucking stab his wife to death and not go to jail, I don't think Alec Baldwin's going to go to jail for something that, in my personal opinion, wasn't really his fault. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, weirder things have happened, but I don't think it's going to be the case. So that's just it my would personal be opinion. Crazy if it actually did happen, but it won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. But speaking of fucking death, like I put on here that we wanted to fucking touch on the two incidents that happened shortly in oh, the yeah, fucking yeah. New Year. There, one where Ken Block died. Yeah, totally. That was kind of fucking jarring. Yeah, and was was it uh, like him doing a stunt? I can't remember. Or no, was, was it something he, like he was just unrelated? Out in, he was just out in Utah, snowmobiling. That's and, right. And he was out snowmobiling and hit like a snow drift and kind of went up. And he went up. The snowmobile went up, and then he came down, and the snowmobile came down on top of him. Jeez, and that was it. Like I, I mean. He's done some crazy stuff. So like yeah. it, hearing a headline that like Ken Block died in some sort of extreme sport accident, that didn't really like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I could can't believe this has ever happened. But I never thought it would be like him just out like in his free time in the new year with like friends and stuff, snowmobiling in Utah. I figured it would have been like one of them Jim Connor stunts had gone fucking horribly wrong and he was, 
you know, killed or severely injured. Yeah, that was my first thought too. Is like you think it would like normally be like, oh, he was doing this crazy new stunt, but yeah, to just have it like, oh, he was just out with his friends during Christmas break, like that that sucks. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Renner fucking was plowing someone's driveway and fucking. I think I read this morning he broke like thirty bones in his legs or something. Like fuck, Jesus. Well, I mean, at one point they were talking about, like, they don't know if he was going to live, and then it became, okay, he's going to live, but he's probably going to lose a leg. Yep. And now it's, okay, he's got 30 broken bones. So, I mean, at least he's going to be a long road to recovery, but at least he will recover. Yeah, totally. But I I wouldn't suspect him be seeing him acting in <laughs> the next year, probably. No, but so. then again, Hollywood fucking types and people with that kind of money, they're going to have access to... The best the very, treatment. very fucking best treatment. And then, like, if he's contractually obligated to do stuff with certain franchises, whether that be Kingstown, whether that be more Marvel stuff, like, sure. you know they're going to dole out extra money to have more people seen and more doctors involved and more fucking... Totally. Yeah. So it's going to yeah. be a tough road, but I think it's one that he's definitely going to be able to do and i think it's going to be expedited compared to that of a normal person trying to recover from the same injury yeah especially in the u.s as long as you have money your recovery is like pretty good Mm -hmm. so yeah but i mean rest in peace ken block that's yeah no shit that was pretty fucking wild to see yeah Okay, so I haven't seen any of the new Mayor Kingstown, but speaking about Renner. I only watched the first episode because the second episode just came out last night. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's, if you, it's good. It's really good. So it's just more of the first season? Yeah, it's just more of the first season. Okay, that's kind of what I was hoping for because, yeah, that first season I, I think was really, really well done. So Yeah, and like this one so far has been... Like, no exceptions. It's the first episode has been pretty fantastic. So, do they kind of get into what, like, like what the major story for this season is? Because, like, I know the first season was like that dealing with the prison and the riot, right? Like, that was kind of the, yeah, it's, the main it's, thing. It's still kind of focused because if you remember from the end of the first season, what's his name who played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones? Right. He escaped the prison. And he's like oh, a that's big right. time crime boss. And that fucking blonde prostitute chick, Renner, fucking kind of like rescued like a puppy. Oh, that's right. Like, crime boss wants her fucking dead, right? So it's kind of uh, setting okay. up the season where like he's out and they kind of discuss it in the first episode that like, because they're going through and they're matching bodies and stuff because the prison had the riot, a bunch of bodies were burned, a bunch of people were killed. And they're going, okay, we don't really have an identifying body for this guy. Granted, there's a ton of fucking corpses here that were burned to a crisp, so we don't know for sure, but we can't genuinely identify this guy. And so everyone's kind of playing oblivious. Like, he must just be one of the dead, charred bodies that we can't identify. But Renner is like, yep, nope, he's fucking out. Okay. So it seems like it'll be more outside the prison this season. Yeah. Sure. But it's still going to involve the prison because, like, the whole reason the prison was involved was because they called Renner the mayor, right? Because he keeps the peace on the streets in the prison. 
by That's right. brokering deals with the outside cops and the prison cops were like, they look the other way in prison so that the guys in prison who are calling the shots on the outside kind of keep the peace in the streets. Well, That's after right. this fucking riot, the prison's getting rebuilt. So they're all like, it looks like an old oil facility or grain facility. And they've okay. kind of like turned it into a makeshift temporary prison where all of the prisoners are like sleeping in tents outside in like a fenced yard. Uh, okay. But the police are pissed off because of the fucking riot. Cause a bunch of them got like sexually assaulted with their fucking batons and some of That's them got right. killed and shit. So they're treating the prisoners like shit and no drugs are going in or out of the prison. So then the guys on the outside now that balance is starting to fall away. So there's, gang violence and murdering and mugging and all the shit outside the prison is starting to go up and okay. up and up. So Renner's trying to plead with everyone like, Hey, we got to get a system on track because if we don't have someone calling the shots and therefore keeping the peace, the prison's going to be fucking bananas and the outside's going to be bananas. So like, right. That's kind of the premise right. for this new season. All right. I'm down for that. It's good so far though. All right. I'll have to bump that up the list. I mean, that's always been a good show. Like, it's clear, yeah. to me anyway, that's clear that that's where fucking Tyler Sheridan's focus is because it certainly wasn't on this last season of Yellowstone. That no. was boring as fuck. Yeah, that was like... And we, we talked about it before, but it's like... Yeah, the longer that show goes on, like, it just seems like it's progressively sliding down into the, like, okay, this isn't what it used to be, so... I was talking to a friend last night and we were talking about Yellowstone and he's of the mindset that the only way Yellowstone is going to be like saved in terms of like get back to the original quality and entertainment value that it had in the first couple of seasons because in the first sure. couple of seasons myself and other people kind of like when describing it to others described it as sons of anarchy in Montana like yeah. Sons of Anarchy on horses instead of motorcycles, right? And that yeah. was kind of the vibe. And that's obviously gone now. So my, my one friend is like, Beth needs to die. Kill yeah, Beth sure. off and then let... Uh, fuck, what's his name now? Beth's husband. Oh. Rip. Yeah. Kill off Beth and let Rip just like go to town getting to the bottom of it. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think they need to kill someone. Like, it, there needs to be some sort of stakes, because, like, yeah. And it's, yeah. They need to do something, because, like, and I think killing someone is actually probably the right way to do it. I just don't know who. I bet makes sense, but she's also one of the more popular characters, so, I mean, do they... Yeah, that's a tough one. Right? Do they do that, or is it... I don't know, like... To me, like, if you wanted to, like, go crazy, you kill Kevin Costner. But he's all, but, like, are you really going to kill Kevin Costner? Probably not. Yeah, Unless he, he wants out. You never know, because big celebrities don't like to sign on to fucking television for too long. I'm surprised Kevin Costner's been involved in the show for as many seasons as he has so far. So it wouldn't overly surprise me if he was like, hey, I'm not doing this for the rest of my life, so figure something out. I'll give you one more season. Yeah. And I, have they, like, said anything about, like, do they have a plan for, like, when Yellowstone ends or anything like that? I haven't heard I, anything. Not, I mean, I haven't really gone looking for that information, but I, I haven't come across it yet. Because I'd be curious if 
Sheridan has like a end goalpost that he's working towards, or if he has no idea. Like, yeah, yeah. that I, that I don't know. I'm gonna lean towards the latter, where he's just like, "Hey, if they want to keep paying us, I'll keep pumping out a season." Sure, sure, easy money. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, that could turn around and come and bite him in the ass, like it did with the DB boys from fucking Thrones, right? Yeah, true. And he's got, he's also got so much else on the go. Like, I don't, I don't know how that guy, like, he must not sleep <laughs> because it seems like he's got a new show like every couple of months. Yeah, he's so, got a lot happening. But, yeah. Okay, what the fuck is Whoop Strap? Oh, I just wanted to briefly touch on this just because I had, so a bunch of us from work are doing like a, I don't know, a health and fitness challenge. Okay. So the only way to like make it, fair and accurate is if you all have the same fitness tracker okay so we went with whoop okay we've we've heard about it and like it's a subscription base so you pay however much a month and you have to kind of sign up for like a year at least kind of thing but after a year if you don't want it anymore you just cancel okay so that's what we decided to go to and like there's some positives and there's some negatives to it but i recently went to seattle right and uh, coming back from Seattle the day before, I should say, because the whoop strap tracks, it's like a bunch of sensors, right? It doesn't tell you steps, but it'll do calories and stuff. And its claim to fame is it'll take your heart rate variability, your respiratory rate, all this other stuff. And it'll basically calculate like a strain strain being like how much physical exhaustion you put your body through. So it'll be like, hey, today you can reach a strain score of 15. So like you can exercise and work out and push yourself till you hit that 15. At that point, like you've, you've kind of capped out what your body's going to do without suffering. Right. And then it'll track your sleep and go, hey, you slept this much. You worked this hard yesterday. So this is kind of what your recovery's at. Your your body's only 50 or 60 or 70% recovered. So if you've recovered less it tells you like hey you're at 60 percent recovery so today don't don't go as hard because your body's not fully recovered right so it's more or less like a coach in that kind of regard okay but it's been super on point with a lot of things for me especially where it'll tell me like hey this is your sleep this is how much was in ram this was light sleep blah 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 so like you're not going to be recovered today don't put your push yourself if you do you're going to feel not great at the end of the day and, and it's going to take more rest for your body. And it's been accurate. If I go above the strain and stuff and I have a low recovery and I don't sleep well, then I feel even worse the next fucking day. So okay. it'll start telling you like, Hey, we've calculated based on the last like three weeks of data, you need to sleep at least 7.7 hours a night. So if you're planning on getting up at 6am, like you normally do, you have to be in bed sleeping at this time. Okay. Go to bed here and it'll fucking pop up notifications and be like, Hey, you're getting close. Like you should probably wind down, crawl into bed. If you want to reach your sleep goal, otherwise you're not going to be fully recovered. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that was like just a quick summary of what the thing does. Sure. So I'm in Seattle and I get a notification from the fucking whoop and it goes, Hey, your skin temperature's high. It is like 1.7 degrees higher than your baseline. Okay. That can be, and then it goes on and it'll say that's caused by one of three things. One, 
you just finished like an exhausting workout and stuff like that. So your body temperature is a little high, but it shouldn't be more than like half a degree high. You're above that. So it's probably not this. And then it goes and says another possibility of this is you're out doing something and you have like a hoodie on and like a lot of hot air just kind of got in around the hoodie, kind of created like a seal over the fucking band. So like the temperature naturally rise, but it's not actually your skin. It's like, that could happen. That's not a common thing. We're just throwing okay. it out there because we have to cover all of our bases. And it goes, the third thing, and this is most likely what you have, is your fucking body is fighting off some kind of bacterial or viral infection. So your body temperature has increased. You're getting sick. Oh. And I saw that and I'm like, well, I feel fine. So like... Yeah. Maybe I was walking around Seattle and stuff. So like maybe my hoodies just yeah. created like a little bit of a fucking heat. I don't think anything of it. Carry on with my day. <clears throat> Next day I get another notification. It's like, Hey, your body temperature is still high, man. And I'm like, okay, well I'm wearing a t-shirt. I haven't put a hoodie on all day. Haven't like yeah. not working out. I'm like, maybe I am getting fucking sick. And we get on the plane. We get back to fucking fly home. I get home and then just fucking wall. I am sick as oh, shit. fuck. I'm talking like head cold, congestion, fever, fucking everything under the fucking sun. I was down for a solid fucking week. Oh, wow. And this, so it actually this like thing, accurately predicted that you were going to get sick. This That's thing told fucking kind of cool, actually. Almost two days ahead of time. Like, hey, man. Your body's doing stuff. You should pay attention. Like, we think you're fighting off a cold or the flu or something. And then sure as shit, less than 48 hours later, I fucking hit a wall and I was down. Huh. That's actually kind of crazy that it, like, is that accurate. That's, hmm. Yeah, I was floored. I, yeah. I was absolutely floored. And then one of the other guys that's doing this challenge with us, I told him this and he's like, that's fucking crazy. He's like, same thing happened to me last fucking week. The thing started notifying me, telling me that my fucking, that my like body temperature had been going up and that I'm probably fighting off a cold. And he's like, I didn't think anything of it. And he's like, the very next fucking day, man, sneezing, coughing, fucking couldn't breathe, chest congestion. This thing uh. like accurately fucking told him like, something's coming, be prepared. Huh. It just and this is me. just like it's a fitness band, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So, do you need? Okay. So, do you need this as subscription? Yes. For it to work. Welcome to the new age of uh, <clears throat> fitness trackers and wearables, where you don't pay for the hardware, but it's all subscription based. Oh, so you don't even pay for the watch thing? No. It's just you pay twenty bucks a month, and you get the fucking band and everything for free. Have you looked into, like, what happens if you stop paying the subscription? Can you, like, hack the band to k keep it working? Nope, because you have to run it through their cloud servers. Oh. Well, shit. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've looked into that. But once you pay for a year, then uh, you don't have to, like... You can pay monthly. Like, you can go month to month to month. But it's something ridiculous, like 40 bucks a month. That's, it seems insane. Or you commit to like a year and it's like $25 a month for a year. And if you sign up for two years, then it's like 20 bucks a month. If you sign up for two years. 
25 the, a month still seems high. It's it's still high, but it depends what you want to get out of it. Like a lot of people I saw who love the Whoop, they'll wear it for one to two years because it builds the habits for them. It'll start telling them like, you need to go to sleep here. You need to rest here. So on and so forth. So they build the habits, know what they're looking for. And then after like the one to two years, they're like, okay, I've built these habits. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I need to see. This thing has trained me. As long as I stay on this path, I don't need it anymore. The that makes sense. The nice part about it though, and like, I don't know how long I'm going to keep it. Like after our one year challenge here, but because it's subscription based and not a hardware purchase kind of thing, when they update to new versions and new features, you just get them. So like oh, they're okay. on, this is whoop four, like this is version four. So like, let's say next month they're like, Hey guys, version five's ready. It's got more sensors and can do more things. They just send it to me and I send them oh. the four back and I get the new one. That's not terrible. So, I mean, it seems like it has probably enough features to warrant that price tag, but. Well, they're all going like this, man. Aura Ring is now the same thing. If you want the Aura Ring, which is the same thing, a fitness tracker, but it's ring format. Once upon a time, you used to buy it and you were good to go. But unless you had the very first Aura Ring, you can't get grandfathered in. So now if you want one, you're paying a subscription. Yeah. I, I think I'm at the point when it comes to, like, wearables, it's just, like, whatever the base watch gives me is fine enough for me with that stuff. Like, it seems to work just well enough for me to kind of go, oh, okay, this is enough. Like, I don't think I need to dig any deeper, right? Oh, but. no, absolutely. And, like, the only reason we went with this is because, like, some of us have iPhones, some of us have Android, so it's like, well, you can't use a Galaxy watch while well, he uses an Apple watch and I use a Garmin because the way it's going to use its algorithm to calculate your calories, your steps, your heart rate, all this other stuff are going to very widely amongst the three and then we need a way for us to track all of them without me having to fucking like text someone and be like hey what does your apple watch say for this day hey you what does your galaxy watch say for this day like with sure. the whoop we created a team i can open up the app and every day i can see everybody's strain i can see everybody's calories everybody's sleep everybody's recovery rate that's actually pretty cool really easy from there to just kind of fucking export that into a spreadsheet, come up, we came up with like a points method where like X is worth this points, this is worth this points. Sure. And then from there, I just have a spreadsheet that auto calculates every day and goes, okay, this person is at this many, this many, this many, and places them so we know who's in first, second, third, that kind of thing. All right. Seems like an all right piece of technology. It's really just the sickness thing. Seems crazy that it actually accurately did, did that for like multiple people so yeah that one floored me i uh and because like we started this thing late into january and i got sick i haven't really like been working out and using it yet so i haven't taken on a lot of like the coaching recommendations that it gives me for when i should and shouldn't work out and all that other stuff but as far as like it telling me when to sleep and tracking my sleep just in the 20 days that I've been wearing it, it has made a massive difference in my quality of sleep. Really? Yep. Mm. Massive. That's that. I think getting good sleep tracking is really hard to find. Like, so that 
the fact that it's actually like really good like i that was the thing that i when i switched to the iphone i fucking hated that i had to get rid of uh, there's like a really good android sleep app i can't remember what it's called sleep droid i think so yeah and it's like it was like ridiculously good with that stuff too and i mean the apple one is all right but it's nowhere near that level but yeah well and i needed something comfortable I way back like years ago when I had like the Apple Watch version two or something like that, mm-hmm. I would sleep with it on, right, and get like it's pseudo sleep tracking out of there. When I eventually switched to a Garmin Phoenix, it's too big and bulky. I couldn't sleep with it because it just it was uncomfortable. And then when I <clears throat> last year went back to an Apple Watch seven. Even though it was smaller than the Garmin watch I had, man, I still couldn't sleep with it. It was just uncomfortable. And I thankfully haven't had like a single issue sleeping with the fucking whoop strap because the thing is so fucking thin. Like, I don't know if you can see that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's tiny, right? That is tiny, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I have no issue sleeping with this and get about three to four days before the battery needs to be charged. And oh, I don't have it downstairs with me. But the battery's just like a little square, and it just slides over the whoop, and it's about that thick. Oh, okay, yeah. So you don't even have to take the thing off. You just slide the battery over it, carry on with your day, and then 30 minutes later, you take the battery off, and your thing's charged. Oh, that's... Okay. So does it also, like, do notifications and shit from your phone? Like, does it act like a regular smartwatch, too? Or is it just the tracking stuff? just the tracker. There's no screen on it. There's nothing. Oh, okay. Well, the only smartwatch-esque feature it can do is you can set it's got a small haptic motor in it so you can set alarms oh so in the morning it'll vibrate to like wake you up sure but other than that no it doesn't do any smartwatch stuff Hmm. actually the more you talk about it the more i that actually is like a really impressive piece of thing (laughs) like tech yeah, they're pretty fucking nifty. I've heard about them for a while. It was just the easiest one to go with because there are a lot of guys who are against wearing rings because Aura Ring was the other one we were going to go with. Right. And everyone else, is, a lot of guys are adamantly against that. So it just seemed like the easiest thing. And then in a fucking year, mm-hmm. if we don't want to use it anymore, just, okay, we're done. Subscription's up. Take it back. Right. Not terrible. But yes. Floored me fucking floored me that it predicted like almost two full days before I like crashed and burned that I was yeah. going to crash and burn and I still can't fucking get over that yeah that is crazy and it's it's weird like so it's basing that off like body temperature right you think more wearables would do that right yeah I don't, I don't, I don't know, know. I've had Apple watches, I've had Samsung Galaxy watches, and I've had Garmin watches, and I've had the Android and the Tizen versions of the Samsung watches, and none of them have ever been like, hey, you might be getting sick here, fella, but this one immediately, and it wasn't even just like buried in the app somewhere, like it sent me a notification and went, hey, your body temperature is 1.7 degrees above baseline. This typically happens as the body heats up to try and fight off infection. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I was like, "What?" I I'm really curious why other ones aren't doing. I wonder if it's like some they have like some patent thing maybe or something, who knows, but I don't know. 
That's <laughs> as much as I hate the subscription model. I understand it in today's world with certain things because these guys are constantly tweaking and updating the algorithms and the software and the different feature sets and stuff that it can have. So as much as I hate subscription models, I understand it because if you want further development, if you only sell so many, that's X amount of money that's only going to get you so far. You need money yep. coming in to keep paying the developers to keep making something better, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just like hearing you talk about the features, like when you first said that price, I was like, okay, that seems a little ridiculous. But like the more you talk about it, I'm like, actually, that seems like a pretty outright price for what you're getting. And especially being that you're... It's like you said, if there's a new one with new features, they just send it to you, yeah. right? So it's like, yeah, I get that. So, but yeah. Yeah, that turned to be turned out to be a long runoff from what I originally want to talk about. But yeah, I was super impressed. I just wanted to throw that out there because I was bored. No, that's fair. That's cool as fuck that it actually like multiple people. It was just like, hey, we think you might be getting sick. And two days later, you're like, oh shit, <laughs> turns out I am. Yeah. It's like that's... Which, like, that's kind of crazy to think about, like, wearing it is like, you now could reasonably estimate when you're going to get sick and plan for it. <laughs> yeah. You really right. could. Could just be like, all right, well, two days from now, I'm just going to plan to be in bed, so. Yeah. Or Later. it's like, oh, I'm feeling fine right now, but this thing is telling me my body's starting to fight this off. Okay. I need to start drinking more water. I got to shove some extra vitamins in me and I have to like not strain myself. Like I'm yep. not going to the gym. I'm not working out. I'm going to keep my mental and my physical stress and anxiety and all that stuff low and try to aid this so that maybe my body can kind of beat it really quickly instead of, right? Like when you have that kind of information, it gives you a yep. little bit more wiggle room to try and minimize the impact it's going to have on your life. Totally. Totally. So Stadia is finally dead. Yeah, she's fucking gone. <laughs> I'm sure the dozen people that were using it are very upset. I mean, this doesn't surprise me, but... I mean, I will say, like, Google is notorious for, like, abandoning shit, but I will say that, like, from what I've read online, like, and, like, gone on to, like, the Stadia subreddit is, like, everyone seems to be happy about, like, the way everything they, they bought, it. they got a refund and shit like that so it's like and going out of their way to develop custom software so that they can unlock the controllers so you can go and use that controller as a bluetooth controller on other things like yep that was a solid fucking move like credit where yep. credit is due like netflix needs to quit with these fucking experimental because they do it with so much stuff like it's not even just stadia like the, all these fucking apps that they put all this time into and then they invent a new app that does the exact same thing but slightly different and then they eventually just end up killing them both and yeah like google's in the business of fucking making and killing things they're, they're the netflix of the fucking tech industry is what they are yeah. pretty much yeah but i mean good on them for at least killing it in like in like a dignified way yeah totally so Google has air tags now? Yeah, that's what I'm reading. Someone was going through the code and has found several references to Google's basically making it an air tag that can function the same way as the Apple air tag, but using the massive Android ecosystem. Like not just pixels specifically, but all Android phones. Oh. I 
I don't know that I would want to get a Google AirTag. That seems like giving them more data than I want. <laughs> yeah, Apple there's... at least is decent with, you know, privacy stuff. Google, not so much. Yeah, but Apple claims to be good with privacy stuff, and then it turns out that they're kind of not super great with privacy yeah. stuff. I don't think any tech company is, to be honest. None so. of them, no. No. Especially, but... like, when all that information came out that Google's, or not Google, Apple's whole uh, ask me not to be tracked Remember, oh, like, yeah, when yeah. that was a whole big fucking thing, and everyone's like, oh, see, Apple actually cares about your privacy, unlike fucking Google. And then it turned out that Apple was at telling other apps they couldn't track you, but Apple was still tracking you. Yeah. And Apple also sells your information to ad revenue agencies. So all this basically was was a way for them to up their fucking share of yeah. personal data mining revenue as opposed to letting other people do it on their platform. Sure. Like, yeah. And then I, the last thing I read is they actually put it, I don't know if they've completely canceled it, but they've iced it for now. But I was not happy about Google's whole uh, photo hashing thing that they were going to do. What was that again? It's one of these weird things where, like, if you argue against it, people are going to say that you're fucking more or less like in support of hiding fucking pedophiles or you don't care about kids, but they basically went, Hey, what we're going to do is every single photo that you take or store on your iPhone in the background, Apple's iCloud is going to fucking scan that photo to make sure that it's not CP. Okay. And a bunch of people naturally were like, Hey, I'm not cool with this. I don't want this. And Apple went, well, it's not like we're scanning your photos. We're hashing them. So like a photo can be broken down into hashes, sure. which is just yep. a series of like numbers and stuff that comprises the photo. So you can look at it in terms of like a block of code, or you can look at the actual photo. So what Google or Apple was going to do was they were going to have known hashes of what of some CP images, like hashes of known CP images, have right. that in the cloud and then basically take your photo have it turned into a hash and compare the two hashes. So it's right. not like they're looking at your photos. That was their argument. They're like, hey, we're just comparing the hashes of the photos. We're not actually looking at your photos. Well, if any one of these photos matches or comes close to matching a hash, then they actually take that copy of that fucking photo. Right. And then they turn it over to the authorities. Right. So that's where I'm like, eh, how many... Like, software and fucking artificial intelligence, like, yeah, they're cool, they're fine, they're great, but they're not perfect. So yeah. how many images, personal images from someone's phone, is Apple going to take and have actual people review and look at these fucking images that are completely unrelated? Because right. they now have access to your entire phone. If they think that one of these hashes match, they're looking at your photos. Yeah. And then they have the ability to look at other photos because if you have this one photo, then you might have other photos. Right. And then where do you draw the line on that where like maybe they have a hash that has this image and maybe you're a fucking parent and you're taking pictures of your kid in the bath. That's like you're not sending yeah. those out anywhere. Those are you for you because they're your fucking child. Yeah. I mean, technically it's a fucking naked two-year-old. Like does that count as CP? Is Apple going to flag that? And all of a sudden you're going to have police knocking at your door because they think you're like, you know what I mean? 
It yeah, just there's, opens the there's a lot of layers to that one. Tons. Because there is, yeah. And, they, and Apple didn't consult anyone or go, hey, this is kind of what we think we're going to try. They literally just announced, hey, this is what's going to happen, and it's going to happen in the next update. And everyone was like, wait, what the fuck? Oh. So is it actually like a thing now, or did they can it? <clears throat> I don't know. I think it got put on pause. I don't know if it's actually implemented yet, but this was within the last year. It was going to oh, okay. be pushed, and it was going to be standard on all fucking iPhones, so I'd have to look to see where they're standing with it now. I stopped paying attention as much, because I obviously am on the cycle where I'm back on Android for a bit, so sure, I haven't been paying as much attention, but interesting. I can understand the voices of concern there. Yeah, it's one of those things, because like, there's a valid argument, I think, on both sides, <laughs> right? It's just like, where do you line in between it, right? So it's... Yeah, but then I also find the light, like, just the general idea. Like, again, like, say, this is where I'm saying where if you're for it, then you're against privacy. But if you're against it, then people will peg you as being supportive of criminal and some very, very unethical and very distasteful kind of criminal activity. And like, yeah, no totally. one wants to be flagged in that fucking category. Yeah. Like, no one at all. But at the yeah. same time, Apple sits here and goes, hey, we we don't give the FBI access to the iMessage encryption keys or to the iCloud backup data. Like we don't touch that. We don't let them touch that. But then they kind of flip around and go, okay, well in some situations, not only will we give them that stuff, but we'll preemptively do it. So we don't even get to a point where someone's phone's locked out and they need to access it. We're just going to always be scanning your phone to making sure you're not doing bad things. So where do you draw the line? Yeah. Do you, do you let their fucking iMessage parse for words like, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, and preactively yeah. parse and scan your iMessages for those keywords and then yeah. send reports to the FBI. Like, yeah, this totally. is, like it's the very definition of a slippery slope. You let them oh, yeah. do this one thing, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, if you're okay with Apple preventing CP from being taken or spread on phones, then you should be okay with them preventing murder or preventing drug deals, right? So where do you draw the line? Yeah, totally. It's like, it, it's crazy to say, but like, it could turn into a slippery slope of like, we end up in that Tom Cruise movie where they <laughs> stop crimes before they happen, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> so yeah, totally. 100%, right? Like, if you're going to sit there and say, we're privacy focused, your data is your data. Unfortunately, whether you like it or not, if you're going to say that, then your data is your data. You don't get to selectively choose if you're going to invade my personal space maybe to prevent a crime or hopefully to do this. It's like you're fucking out or you're in you're combing yep. it all and you're controlling my life or you're backing the fuck up off me. Yeah. And I think, and I think the larger issues, like I know in like in recent years, more people have been like, well, actually like it's my data. Like I should have control of it. Mm -hmm. But like, I th also think that like the, it's too far gone for that to be a thing now. Like, I think if the data portion of it should have came when a lot earlier, like, I think it's too late now to like assume that you'll ever get my data is my data. Like, right. Cause right now I just assume that like, it's not. Yes. And no, like someone like you and I, who've been doing smartphones since the day of smartphones, and then all the smart devices associated with that and fucking full computers and stuff. Like, yeah, there's probably a fuck ton of data. Granted, yeah. there are ways where you can get some of it fucking removed and deleted from like the server banks. 
so you can minimize some of your data that's out there. But in in the big picture things, like, yeah, most of these big tech companies, like for you and I, with the amount of devices we use and how long we've been using them, that is, it's a lot of our data is out there. But that doesn't mean that new data needs to go out there. And if you're someone coming up, like a kid growing up these days, you could have avoid a lot of that data going out there, right? Like if you don't buy into and use the social medias, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the TikToks, if you have a fucking phone and you turn off all the tracking services and you routinely like disable location data and stuff, you can absolutely have like the barest minimum set of fucking applicable applicable data registered to your persons. Like it's possible to keep it to such a low amount that yeah that anyone that most people wouldn't find your data overly fucking useful yeah but that's for the younger smarter generations to come up and see that know that and avoid that but we're kind of fucked as we are yeah totally it's kind of my opinion about it as of right now but yeah pretty much the only data that i assume that is like not floating out there is like the stuff on my nas <laughs> it's like and even then it's probably getting scrapes from somewhere yeah for sure right but but yeah it's i'm so with the google air tags i'm curious if there'll be any custom like because android is inherently like you can customize the fuck out of it like i'm curious if there's going to be like some kind of weird options that people are going to get up to with that and i'm really curious about the price because the only reason i haven't bought air tags for stuff is because i think they're overpriced yeah they're super overpriced but i don't know so, i i imagine well i shouldn't say i imagine i would like to think that that going in and breaking into the market because like AirTags exist, but you need an iOS device for them to be of any fucking use to you. Mm-hmm. Samsung makes them, but okay, do they? Yeah, Samsung has Galaxy Smart Tags, but you need a you Galaxy. Need, you need an Android phone, and the best features you need a Samsung phone. Sure. And then you have Tile, which is like the OG, but Tile doesn't have the same market share. Oh, okay. Tile only works if other people using Tile are nearby to like make that connection and ping it for you. Right. So like tile users are at the bottom. Apple users, there's way more of them, especially in North America, but Android users, there's, they have the highest fucking market share. Right. So I would like to think that if Google's going to fucking break in here, they're going to be smart about it and approach it kind of in the same way as like their Chromecast or their Google TV, where they're going to go, here's the fucking tag. Here's all these wonderful features you can use on any Android phone. Here's all of the, you can use almost all of the exact same features on an iPhone. And we're going to sell them at like $20 a tag. Uh, That would be my hope. That's about the only way that they can like completely disrupt the market and get like a strong footing in there. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know why this reminded me of, but I was reading an article the other day, and because there's a lot of articles on like lost luggage for airplanes, because the holidays like was a disaster for a lot of places. But someone had uh, lost their luggage, and the airline was like, "Yeah, sorry, we can't find your shit. Like, here's your voucher. Sorry, not sorry." Mm. Dude had an air tag on it, 
tracked it to one of their warehouses and was like trying to get it back and the airline was just like yeah no sorry we lost it he like he was like looking at his phone like talking to like a customer service agent he's like i'm at the warehouse where my bag is like can someone give it to me yeah it was crazy and i was just like that's the airline industry is ridiculous yeah absolutely but But like for that reason i see the allure of it yeah totally especially if you have a newer device that uses the uwb like the ultra wideband technology you can narrow it down and get within like feet of your fucking your tracker right yeah and i've seen countless like reddit posts about where apple goes like don't use this to track your pet but everyone does it anyway and like the amount of posts i've seen where it's just like yeah i totally found my like lost pet because of this air tag like yeah and shit like that right you know brilliant if you have a little kid throw it on their backpack right you know exactly okay they've they've gone to school right or they're walking home right well maybe not i don't know if kids still walk home nowadays but yeah, yeah i don't know so yeah like the the idea is honestly it's a great idea i mean but just like with everything you can abuse the shit out of the system right totally like, I thought it was hilarious when, like, oh, there's all this uproar, and they're like, people are using air tags to, like, stalk other people because right. they're so small and hidden. And it's like, yeah, but, I mean, like, anyone could go buy an old iPhone fucking 4 off eBay for $60, boot it up, turn find my fucking phone on, and then slip that into the backseat of a fucking car, too, right? Like, yes, it's a little bit bigger. Not a little bit. It's sizably bigger than an air tag. So I get it's not as small and convenient, but, like, this isn't new. People have been doing this and have had the ability to do this for years. You can go on the internet and buy GPS trackers that don't need to rely on a network of iOS devices or Android devices or tile devices. It just uses GPS off fucking satellites. So it is even more accurate and you can buy them the same size as a fucking air tag. Yeah, totally. They've been, yeah. So like this (laughs) isn't new. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's (laughs) yeah. It's just, I guess, way more easier to do it now, but yeah, I, I, that's, I think, the case with everything nowadays is, like, it's just way more easier, right? Like, look at the show You, right? You know, like, that perfectly shows how easy it is to fucking find someone, right? And totally stalk their life via, you know, social media, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think that's just the inherent case nowadays, mm-hmm. like... Everything is easier, and 99% of times people go, this is way more convenient, but then when someone uses it in a bad way, they're like, oh, no. Yeah, well, that's that's the irony of it, is everyone is clamoring for all this newest, latest, greatest technology while simultaneously broadcasting all of their personal information online, whether that be their lifestyle choices, their personal preferences and stuff, what they eat, where they go. They tag themselves in locations. They add location tags to their social media photos and broadcast all of this essentially personal information out to anyone on the fucking internet to see and then get upset when someone invades their personal life. It's like, okay, well, you just, you literally, like, there was one of my friend's ex- I don't know if they're married, so I'm just going to call them ex-girlfriend, boyfriend. She, every, like, on Facebook, like, you could literally, at any given time, you knew exactly where she was, because she was one of those people who would, like, go to breakfast, and she would, like, put on Facebook picture of her breakfast, having the best pancakes in the world right now, and there would be a location tag for the restaurant she was at. 
And then it like an hour later, she'd be like, oh, going to get my coffee in. And it would be a selfie with her in Starbucks. And she would have the Starbucks tagged in the location. And sure. she would do that throughout the day. So throughout the day, like if I wanted to, I knew exactly where to find her because every other fucking hour she was taking a picture, posting it. I knew what she was wearing, what she was dressed in and exact specific geolocation tags. Yeah, totally. And then I wouldn't be surprised if that same person, like if they had a stalker would be like, this is so like invasive. How dare they? And it's like, you fucking put it all out there. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Social media is crazy nowadays, Mm -hmm. which is why I don't have a lot of it. Yeah. Me neither. Speaking of fucking Apple, did you see their shit about their Apple TV? Yeah, requiring a fucking Apple device to use it. And yeah. it was just like, wait, the fuck? Like, no. Oh, yeah. No. I, I don't like, even know what Like, they've done to... some smooth brain things in the past, but, like, that's genuinely, like, one of the top ones where I'm just like, wait, what? Like. Yeah, see, I understand to an extent because pretty historically someone who's going to spend the kind of money that an Apple TV costs on an Apple TV. The main draw is a way to watch. Cause up until recently, if you wanted to watch Apple TV shows, you could only do it on an Apple TV. Like if you wanted their video, oh, really? Yeah. Like it wasn't for a few months, at least anyway, when they launched Apple TV, the only way you could watch their streaming service was on Apple devices. Oh, I didn't know that. So when they launched it, I mean, it's fair to assume like, okay, cool. If someone has an Apple TV subscription and they own an Apple TV, they more than likely have other Apple devices. Like it's, it's honestly a fair assumption Yeah, totally. for the most part, but it's still a ridiculous one nonetheless, because like I have an Apple TV, like I haven't used it. It's like the second gen one. It's sitting in a fucking box somewhere. I haven't turned it on in years. Sure. But let's say I was like, oh, I need something to throw in the spare room. So if company wants to watch Netflix in bed, there's a streaming device there. Well, and again, granted, I do own some Apple devices, but my primary phone and my wife's primary phone are both Android right now. Yeah. So just like that, now my Apple TV, I can't fucking use. Because I yeah. can't update and agree to the new terms and service because I don't have a fucking Apple device. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's <laughs> like they're gonna have to roll that back. Like, but it's Apple, so it wouldn't surprise me if they just doubled down. <laughs> but I'm sure since the fucking online outrage, they've posted some like alternative where you can go through a web browser or something. And and here's a really convoluted process to actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like. Sure. Yeah, if I if I was someone who was an Android user but had an Apple TV, just at one point, like pre-NVIDIA Shield TV, yep. before like their upgraded NVIDIA Shield TV, the one that does the 4K upscaling, like yep. the, I guess the latest model we're on. Prior to that, like when I bought my Apple TV, the reason I bought it is because at the time you could jailbreak it and right. you could put Cody and shit on it. Mm-hmm. And it was the best and most affordable home fucking player that I could do Netflix and whatnot on, but also jailbreak and run Cody through. Right. Because it had 
good processors and all this other stuff so it could do the encoding and decoding and all that other shit like it it was a solid device like thankfully now roku is caught up fire stick is caught up and nvidia is smashing out the fucking game and even yep. google has the tv where it's not even just a chromecast anymore but once upon a time your best bet to go through that route was a fucking first or second gen apple tv yeah totally i had one at one point because of that mm-hmm. like i think it was like at the time probably six seven years ago it was like all right if you want a media box even yes. if you don't like apple get the apple one and toss this on it and there you go right exactly so. and so not all of those people like i'm sure because you just recently became an iphone convert so at that point you wouldn't have had any fucking apple shit nope so like it's just i don't know yeah it was i i don't know who made this fucking decision to me i don't think it was like uh i don't think someone made this decision with like malice in mind no i think it was like a hey, you know what? Most people who own Apple TVs probably own an iPad or an iPhone, so this is just like the simplest way because we're all about convenience and ease of use over here. Let's mm-hmm. just do this. And then it just ended up backfiring because they didn't think for a second that someone outside of like the Apple fanboy fucking club would own an Apple TV, and they're like, oh, shit, fuck. I guess we forgot about this whole other fucking group of people. Yeah, totally. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because even like even the uh, Apple TV streaming service, after when it came out, like it was a while before it even came on Android. So like if you wanted to get in on like I don't know the first season of Ted Lasso, iPad, iPhone, or fucking Apple TV, those were your options, right? Other yeah, than like totally. yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Also speaking of Apple, unrelated, I didn't put it on the fucking dock. But I was visiting with a friend last night, and he, he's he been running a Samsung for the last four or five years. Okay. Maybe even six. And yeah. he recently needed a new phone and decided to go with an Apple. And part of the reason he went with Apple was because at one point, I had switched from Android to Apple, and now I'm back on Android again. And he was asking me, like, how do I even do that? And I was like, well, I just I pick apps that play well in both ecosystems, use those as primaries, so... Switching is nothing. It's just transferring contacts, text message conversations, and photos over. Everything else is relatively easy. So I guess that conversation where I told him that I'm happily dipping in and out of both ecosystems to like stay up to date with what each team is kind of doing, yep. that was enough where he's like, okay, cool. Maybe I will try the iPhone. So he bought an iPhone 14 Pro Max or whatever. Yep. And you often hear when people switch from iPhone to Android, you'll hear the complaints. Well, oh, this is annoying or this is stupid and Android doesn't do this well and why did they do that? Like, I miss my iPhone. This was the first time I personally heard someone sit there and fucking rail on the iPhone about all of the things that they missed coming from the Android world and I just thought it was hilarious because it was stuff that, like, as someone who's swapped back and forth both times they were things that like I don't routinely do. So I never noticed them. So they wouldn't bother me. Okay. So like one of his biggest pet peeves was when he was on Samsung, he would open up the Facebook app. Okay. And let's say someone posted a picture. Okay. Press and hold on that picture. And then there's the share button. And if he clicked that share button, he could share that photo 
back to Facebook or to Instagram or to fucking Snapchat or whatever. Like it gave you options to share that photo just by holding and long pressing that photo in the Facebook app. Right. If you do that on iPhone, it gives you the option to save the photo, copy the photo, but that's it. Right. So I guess he's fairly routinely will see something on Facebook and will want to share it in Facebook. So on Android, he would just hold it, click share. Yep. Share to Facebook and it would repost. But on Apple, he has to save the photo, download it back out of the photo, go new post in Facebook, type up the post and then fucking upload the photo. And like, like that's something that I don't do. So like that never in a million years would have fucking crossed my mind, but it was enough where he was like pretty irate about it. I can see that. Like if, you, it, yeah. if it's something you're commonly doing all the time and then all of a sudden you can't, I could, I could totally see that argument. Yeah. It, it, right. So like when he was telling me some of the things that really bothered him, I was like, huh, I never like that wouldn't bother me because I don't do that. But that's interesting to hear that that's something one, you know, does better than the other. Totally. And I don't know. I just, I thought that was fucking interesting. His other big gripe is the, uh, lack of, number row on the default keyboard is pretty irate about that. Oh, sure. Uh, if you use that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I do too. Like I, yeah. it kind of bothers me, but I always like pretty much immediately within going into iPhone, I'll download swift key or Google keyboard where I can force oh, sure. a number row, but the Apple yeah. keyboard, their swipe and their like push and hold so that you can scroll within the conversation is better than Google and swift keys implement. Like, implementing. I can't. I'm fucking stuttering <laughs> on words. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, so it's, it's their default keyboard is better in a lot of regards, but you have to fucking weigh that out. It's like, okay, I can get a slightly shittier, less useful keyboard, but I get a number row, or I give up on the number row and I get much better functionality out of the keyboard. So you kind of gotta like, ah, fuck, which yeah. is more important to me. Whereas in the yeah. Google side, on an Android phone, you can get both, right? Well, yeah, because so like, inherently you can customize whatever you want on Android. So, yeah. Yeah, so I just, I thought that was interesting too. I don't remember what the other ones were, but he gave me about like, probably like four or five different things where he's like, well, I do like this and I like this and this is kind of cool. He's like, but this is dumb. This is stupid. I fucking hate this. I just had him worked up yeah. and I was like, huh. It's, you don't often hear about people complaining the other way. Yeah, totally. But I guess if there's like a few unique things that you use all the time, then I would, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. all right, what else we got here? Nothing. Phone is coming to the is coming to North America for two ninety nine. So what is the Nothing Phone? I remember it sounds familiar, but I don't. The guy who created OnePlus a couple right. years ago left OnePlus because he they sold to whatever the big umbrella company is that makes like Oppo and them. And he didn't like the way the company was going. So he's like, no, I'm going to try again and basically make the OnePlus back when the OnePlus was like the go-to dev phone that everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. So he invented the nothing phone, which is yeah. bare, bone, bare bones, fucking Android, all the stuff you need, none of the stuff you don't kind of thing for a super low price. They just finally announced that it's coming. It's been over in like Europe and Asia markets and stuff for about a year now, but it's now finally coming to the U.S. Coming in at two ninety nine. 
everything that looking... like the OG Pixel tried to be. Its claim to fame is it has this weird array of lights built into the back of the case. They're kind of fucking cool, actually, but... Yeah, I remember seeing... Uh, I saw... Uh, it was like a YouTube video on this phone a while back or something. Someone was reviewing it, and... Like, you can do the lights for, like, custom notifications. Yeah. Like, okay, the center will flash green when a call is coming in, but this other strip will blink red when I get an email kind of thing, so... Yeah. It's a sleek-looking phone. Yeah, I didn't have, like, a whole lot of exciting stuff on it, but I just, like, I've always wanted to... Because it's, it's shaped exactly like an iPhone. Like, it has that industrial squared look to it. Mm -hmm. But it's an, a phone running stock Android, and it costs next to fucking nothing. It has a few cool, like, gimmicky features. It was something yeah. I've always wanted to get my fucking hands on just to play with it, but... Right. And cheap enough that, like, you probably totally could. Yeah, <laughs> well... Not break the bank. Now it definitely is, right? Like, if... Because, like, phones are getting ridiculous. Like, if you're going for any one of the big-tier phones, like, any of the iPhone Pros or, like, the S23 Plus or the Ultras or whatever, like, not even including fucking foldables, but, like, you're looking at fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500 a phone now. So it's nice to see that you can get a well-rounded, nice-feeling, sturdy phone with some cool, like, exclusive-esque kind of physical features to it for less than $500. Yeah. It runs stock Android. Kind of, it's exceedingly rare for, like, the people that's just like, I need something that makes calls <laughs> and texts my friends, right, and the yeah. odd... And it runs Facebook, right? That's all they need, you know, and something like this would be perfect, right? It's yeah. just like... Absolutely. Because not everyone is like us that uses it for a bunch of other shit, right? So. That's a sleek phone. I'd be... I'm curious how well it does. I mean, the price point will probably help it out, I would assume, but... Yeah, well, the only other Android phones that really kind of compete in North America in that price point are like the Samsung A-series type phones. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know, like if... If I don't have a ton of fucking money, I need a new phone, and I'm like, okay, well, I can get a Samsung A53 or a fucking nothing phone. I'm like, I might be tempted to go with a nothing phone. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that next line down. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, it's the cherry on top. Like, it's just like, of course, of course, uh, you know, all the rich people at the rich, at literally the rich conference <laughs> announced layoffs and then had a private sing concert. <laughs> I try to stick up for Microsoft as much as I can because they do do some fucking great things. But, like, yeah. I don't understand how you could be this tone deaf. Because, like, you don't announce layoffs on a whim. Like, no. if you're going to lay off, especially if you're going to lay off 10,000 fucking employees, that's something that you know ahead of time is going to happen. 100%. Now, if you know this is going to happen ahead of time for fucking simple optic reasons, you know you're Microsoft, you're a massive, gigantic corporation. <clears throat> And you're, you're at the billionaire club annual yeah, meeting. You're, and you're out there spending billions on ac acquisitions and all this other stuff. Like they just offered like 10 billion to buy or fucking rent or something with chat GPT. I don't remember the specifics. Yeah. So they're out there throwing money around that 45 or $50 billion acquisition of blizzard. Like they're yeah. out there throwing money. They're in the public. 
10,000 is a lot of employees to lose their job. Oh, yeah. And they're like, look, tomorrow's going to suck, you guys. The newspapers and the news cycles are going to rip us apart because we're spending all this money and we're slashing fucking jobs. So this doesn't look good for our company image. So before we have to deal with all of that, I want everyone to enjoy your nights. It's open bar and we got Sting here to do a private concert. It's like how... Uh, just uh, frighteningly tone deaf is just like uh, yeah it's <laughs> yeah I, I i don't have a ton to say on it other than like who who the fuck thought that in any regard that this would be an okay plan yeah totally it's just like yeah <laughs> who greenlit this and thought this was a good idea because yeah yeah it's <laughs> absolutely ridiculous yeah yeah that i remember reading that article and like the first thing that popped in my head was of course <laughs> yeah it's i don't know uh, this fucking world it's it, yeah. it's honestly like it it kind of brings me into the next thing i wanted to talk about which is wyoming banning oh, sure yet they're trying to ban the sale of all electric vehicles by 2035 which so that they can protect their natural resources, i.e., oil and gas, right? Which is just again, I'm just like, what in the fuck? Like, I can <laughs> under, like we live in a province where yeah, our like our bread and butter is the oil and gas industry here. We're one of the world's biggest producers of it. Yeah, <laughs> I I work and have spent my entire life working in that energy sector. Yeah. But at no point would I ever sit there and be like, we need to ban EV sales. Yeah, totally. It's that like, what do they think? Ridiculous. Do they think regular vehicles run, you just pour crude oil into it? <laughs> Look, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I, don't, I, 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 it's just incredibly misguided and utterly, utterly ridiculous. Because, like, I think what a lot of people don't seem to realize is, like, if all of a sudden, because I think the EV market share in terms of uh, vehicles out there is, like, 5 or 6%, that's still such a small fraction of the vehicles that are driving up and down the roads across the entire fucking country, North America included. So, like, it's... It's not going to happen overnight. It's not even going to be able to happen within the next, like, five, probably not even within the next ten years. Are you going to be able to have 80, 90, 100% market share of that stuff? But even if you did, like, yes, like, gasoline is obviously a byproduct of, like, cutting and making and mixing and blah, blah, blah with fucking oil. But, like, oil is used in everything. Yeah. Like every product that gets made requires oil to some kind of fucking degree. Like it's not going anywhere. No. Like everyone seems to just focus on the, well, oil makes fucking carbon emissions. We need to get gas vehicles off the road. Well, if you took every fucking internal combustion engine off the road in North America, made every single one of them electric, you still need oil. Yep. You, You still need oil to make everything. Yep. You still need yeah. fucking gas. Like, I mean, with BC and Ontario and fucking Quebec being kind of like a bit of a different story up here anyway, like, you need natural gas to heat your fucking home. 
Mm-hmm. Like, unless countries completely replace their entire infrastructure, you can't get rid of it, right? No. Because the closest thing you would... Like, the only alternative to get rid of it would be nuclear of some sort, but, like... Yeah. That's the other one that I also find super interesting that, like, I don't think any... most people even realize is all the people are like, oh, yeah, we need to phase out ICE vehicles and go with electric charging vehicles within the next five or ten years. Mm-hmm. Like, I think California has a 2030 or 2035 target where you won't be able to buy an internal combustion engine. You have to buy an electric vehicle. Okay, right. that's <clears throat> super great, but nowhere across the entire fucking continent right now, like all of North America, there's not a single location where the power grid would be able to sustainably handle that much electricity. Oh, yeah. Like you look at Texas when they had their cold snap last year and everyone was like, oh, fuck, turn up the heat. And it cratered their power fucking grid. And that's just people trying to heat their homes using electricity. Now can you imagine, I don't know, a million cars all finishing work at the same time, going home and at five o'clock plugging in their fucking 240 volt fucking cars into their garage? Our electrical grid can't handle it we need to yeah. rebuild it and update it and upgrade it and that is going to take a lot of time yeah and when you have That's... a province like ours for example where all of our fucking electricity most of them we have natural gas fire plants we mm-hmm. need more electricity we just turn up the fucking gas turn on another substation and we can get some more power yep that can't be said for companies that are trying to rely on wind or solar mm-hmm. you can't just turn the sun on you can't just turn up the fucking breeze. Nope. If you're in BC, you can't like, yeah, they can adjust for more electricity, but it's not like they just flick a switch and the fucking dam runs a little bit fucking hotter. Like it takes time. Yeah, totally. It's like, that's what I think a lot of people don't realize is like the conversion to like electric vehicles and like more sustainable stuff. Isn't a consumer thing like it's it's an infrastructure problem right like Mm -hmm. the current infrastructures can't handle it and you would have to completely replace and reinvest entire country's infrastructure which is not gonna happen or not overnight at least no it's going to take decades of thoughtful fucking planning and upgrading and realistically trillions of dollars to upgrade the electrical infrastructure across the entire country yeah it can't, then, it can't like, happen overnight. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the, and most people don't want to hear this or they refuse to, but that's the reality of the situation. And when you look at provinces, like, I'm going to start talking exclusively about Canada here. You look at Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, these kind of places. We don't have access to fucking hydroelectric dams. No. So we need something to generate electricity. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have a constant wind. We don't have a constant sun. We don't have hydroelectric abilities. We don't have natural resources. And then you get the people that'll sit there, oh, put up more fucking wind turbines and put up more solar panels. Cool, that's great. But considering they don't run all the time, if the fucking demand on the fucking electricity grid goes up, if if it's nighttime, the sun's not shining, and if it's a cool, calm day and the wind's not blowing, where are you getting that extra electricity? You need to already have it, which means storage. Well, guess what a fucking storage facility is? It's fucking batteries. 
Yep. Well, how do you make batteries? Rare earth metals and oil. Yep. yep. Yeah. 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 People me. always fail drives to realize that, and it's like, yeah. And like the only like replacement that would probably work is nuclear, and that's there's also a huge stigma with that, so because people don't like it, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the if people really want to like start weaning off of oil and gas and natural gas fire plants and coal plants and stuff for power generation, yeah, there there is a solution here, and it's called yep. nuclear. But yeah, good luck getting people on board with that because they go Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Never mind the fact that like nuclear power plants, especially nowadays, are so wildly fucking safe and like the half-life and the disposable radiation is not what it used to be. And you can use different radioactive materials that aren't even as harmful as the shit was in Chernobyl. Doesn't matter. People hear the word nuclear and they go, nope. Not up in here. Because if you look at the statistics, it's like statistically the clean and safest energy (laughs) right so it's like the people are just like oh no and you know but you know it's it's fine to be on the nuclear train until one gets built in your town right Mm -hmm. you know and then suddenly maybe you have a different attitude right like would you want one in your town maybe maybe not right who knows right so it's or it's like look at the impacts of the other things right like one of the worst fucking environmental incidents that we've had in a long time here was when BC was building the Site C Dam. Like it yep. wrecked and ruined entire ecosystems of plant and animals all around that dam. They had massive chemical contamination all in the surrounding area. But people are going to look past that and go, well, yeah, but hydroelectric. And it's like, cool. Like you're sitting here saying that like the carbon and oil and like the oil sands in Alberta are ruining environments and displacing animals and that's bad but back in your home province you just destroyed an entire fucking ecosystem to build another dam that's okay though yeah totally and that's that happens all the time right where it's just like hey we're doing it so it's not as bad but when that person does it you know that's bad right so Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's the yeah inherently how it is Mm -hmm. but but yeah and it's yeah electric vehicles like there's just no infrastructure for it and even the ones it's like you were talking in texas like it's just so fragile and then you hear all the news stories recently about like people shooting a substation and all of a sudden there's no power in like half a fucking you know state or something like that and it's just like it's kind of increasingly show just how weak infrastructure is right yeah so it's One one of my favorite conversations that i used to have pretty regularly with some of the people when i lived on the island was when they would naturally and inherently just attack Alberta and the oil and gas industry and stuff. And they would go on the tirade that everything needs to be electric. We, everyone needs to move to electric. We need to completely phase out oil and gas, da, 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 da. And my train. And I would always just be like, okay, well let's say that is the absolute best course of action. We need to go 100% renewables, no more oil, no more gas. I was like, before you need to st- like demand that Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba start making this extreme drastic and push through change. Why don't you start with the Island? What do you mean? Well, like, yes, I see lots of electric vehicles here. There's Tesla's all over the fucking place, but your entire bus system runs off diesel. 
Yes. Well, we, we have an electric bus and they're adding a couple more to the fleet. Okay, why haven't they just, like if you're so inherent that we just start this push right now, ban all internal combustion engines on the island, get rid of all of the fucking diesel buses and yeah, make totally. them electric buses. Like start here, start yeah. on the West and start moving it over towards the fucking East. Let's get rid of all of that shit on the Island. Show don't oh, tell. Well, yeah, like, but I don't want my fucking taxes to go up just yet. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> it's huh? like, it's like, right, like have your cake and eat it too then. Right. Like, so mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. totally. Yeah. I'm like, wait, okay. Let, let, let's, let me snap my fingers right now. And let's say all fucking oil and gas stuff is banned. How are you getting off this island? Yeah, totally. Well, let's take the ferry. Cool. What was ferry, the ferry run off of? Ferry runs on a fucking massive diesel generator. Yeah. Well, they got the one electric ferry now. Okay, it's not in, it's not actually you like at the time it wasn't in fucking I don't even know if it's in use now. But they were building one. They have several ferries that are making round trips. Yep. What if like the winds are up, the tides are going crazy and they cancel the ferries? How are you getting off the island? Well, I guess I could take a plane. Cool. Show me a fucking 50 person passenger cargo plane that is strictly electric doesn't exist the technology is not there yet no <laughs> right like it's like it might be it might be but it's not wildly available it should probably be yeah give me the clothes said, on your yeah. back give me the phone in your fucking pocket you know give me your fucking bicycle that you use to ride around town with your electric skateboard, like all of these things that are byproducts of oil. If you just eliminate oil altogether, you don't have anything. Yep. One of my favorite pictures in the entire world was when all those protesters in Vancouver were protesting oil and gas industry. And cause a lot of people seem to be completely oblivious or ignore the fact that if you leave the island in the lower mainland of British Columbia and you go to like the northeastern part of that province... That whole industry is oil and natural gas. I spent a lot of time working in fucking northeastern British Columbia on yep. wellheads that are all oil and gas. And they totally. just kind of completely fucking float away and forget that whole fucking fact. But my favorite picture of all time was when all of those Greenpeace or whatever protesters decided to form like a blockade for oil tankers out in like the port near Vancouver. And they were all sitting there doing it in kayaks. Plastic right. kayaks bought from Costco. Oil's bad. How are you sitting sitting right now in the fucking water trying to block fucking... Like, do your demonstrate. Like, you're in a canoe that is literally entirely plastic. Like, this whole thing is made out of oil. <laughs> yep, totally. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Okay, fair enough. All right, so what is Twitter... Banning now? Apparently, Twitter they've, had, fiasco. they've had in their terms of service or whatever, way back when they started Twitter, they basically said, like, you couldn't use their API to make your own app. Okay. But then a bunch of people did it. They saw the popularity and it brought people to the platform because other developers would add features and stuff that Twitter didn't want to put the time or effort or energy into developing. Other developers did. So they kind sure. of restructured their legal language around third-party developers using their API in their own Twitter apps. I guess within the last week, Elon Musk decided to 
swap that legal language and change it back from we discourage but we allow back to we don't allow and it pretty much broke every third party Twitter app that exists. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Which is just I don't use any of the third party apps. I just have regular Twitter, but I don't really interact with it a whole lot, but I don't use Twitter a lot either, but there was a point in time I used it semi-regularly, and when right. I did, I didn't use the Twitter app because I'm a chronological timeline guy, and Twitter pulled the old fucking Instagram move and went, hey, we're going to serve your timeline up in the order that we think you should see it, which was yeah. not chronological, which drove me nuts, and there was no way to change it. So I went and I started using... I, I dabbled with Talon, Flamingo, and I think Hootsuite for a while because they would give you the option to sort your Twitter timeline out in chronological order. Most recent tweet at the top. Not a complicated thing, but a game changer if that's how you want to use fucking Twitter, which is how I wanted to use it. So I, I completely abandoned the main Twitter app. I don't know if I've had the actual Twitter app installed on any of my, any of my phones, Android or iOS, in the last five years. Sure. And I do know, like... A lot of journalists and like most mainstream ones that use Twitter, like from what I hear, like they don't use the the Twitter app. <laughs> they use one of those third party ones because yeah. it's like for the sole purpose of journalism and and how we use this tool. It's just your base app is not good for that. So, so yeah, I I'm curious what the fuck Twitter is <laughs> a year from now. Yeah. Well. yeah. I think we all kind of are because a lot of people have argued that you can't get rid of Twitter. It serves such a fundamental news source for people. What? Elon hasn't been doing the greatest of jobs. No. So, I mean, who... So, yeah. Who knows how this is how this is going to go? Yeah. But I can't yeah. imagine super well. No, I, I don't think so either. So... But I yeah. mean, he is, he is stepping down as CEO and someone else is going to come in there and run it. So yeah, which I'm still curious how, is that just a name only thing? <laughs> Who no, knows, right? He's got other stuff he needs. He's got too many fucking companies, right? Like the guy only has yeah. so much fucking time. That is true. That is true. I mean, shit on Elon all you want, but the fact that like, he lives in a tiny in a tiny home, a modular tiny home none nonetheless, over near like the SpaceX fucking center. And the fact that he used to just sleep in the fucking office on the floor when he needed to fucking sleep. Like the guy's always going. Like the take away his background or the fact that he came from money, it's like all of that stuff. Like the guy works. Yeah. <clears throat> He may not be the most brilliant guy. People might overcredit him for his level of intelligence. Totally. But he has turned Tesla into a successful EV company. He has yeah. turned SpaceX into a successful space company. Like he has turned some companies around. Whether he's the engineer that is mentally coming up with the formulas, the algorithms, the code, like it doesn't matter. Like the fact is, yeah. is he has taken these companies and he has a vision and these visions has made these some incredible companies and he yeah, has totally. contributed some incredible things to this planet. So love him or totally. fucking hate him. He's 
he's done some incredible things, right? Totally, totally. So, see ya. All right, tell me about your Steam Deck. I fucking love my Steam Deck so much, man. I figured you you were going to say that. I, I, I fucking, I absolutely adore it. I just recently finished loading up <clears throat> MU Deck. Oh, yep. And then all of the different, like, uh, ROMs and emulators and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just unfucking real, man. So a couple yep. months ago, I took my Xbox One X. Right. I hate the Xbox naming convention. Cause it might it's get dumb as fuck. Yeah. So I took an Xbox One X, which is not to be confused with where we are now, which is the Series X. This was the one right before it. And yeah. I put RetroArch on it. I paid for a developer account, put RetroArch yep. on there, put my emulators and ROMs on there. It does really, really well, up to and including like PSP. It does PlayStation games fairly well. It kind of struggle fucks pretty hard with PlayStation 2 games. Ironically enough, it struggles for the most part to play OG Xbox games on it, despite being a newer gen fucking Xbox system. But yep. whatever. It's, it's impressive and it's fun. Like if you just want to sit there on a big screen and play GoldenEye or the original Super Mario World for Nintendo or Super Nintendo or whatever. Yep. But it couldn't do much beyond that. So then my buddy saw that I did that and he was like, Hey, can you do that with my Xbox? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yep. So he brings me his old Xbox, which is an Xbox one, not a one X, right. an Xbox one. So I give his Xbox the same treatment, load it all up on there. And it struggles to play like PSP. It was jaggy and, and janky and, PlayStation, it was kind of hit or miss depending on the game. Like, you couldn't really reliably play anything above a Nintendo 64 or like a maybe a GameCube. Yep. But, but beyond that, it there was graphical limitations and it, it struggled. So then enter my Steam Deck, which granted, mm -hmm. like, his Xbox One, that's probably like 10-year-old hardware at this point, and the Steam Deck is relatively new. Like this Steam Deck will emulate up to PlayStation 3, and I haven't mm -hmm. had an issue. I've been yep. one of my favorite games of all time <clears throat> is Skate 3. Yep. And I'm getting super impatient waiting for EA to drop Skate 4. Yep. And I just love Skate 3. Like, if I just want to tune out and just chill and stuff, like, I'm going to go cruise that world and do some tricks and hit some sick lines on Skate 3. But I could yep. only ever do it on Xbox. And you had to like fucking pay the money to do it backwards compatible on the uh, Xbox Series X because it was an Xbox 360 game. Yep. It hasn't been released anything beyond that. It runs with a few frame drops depending on the area you're in near flawlessly on the fucking Steam Deck. Yep. Skate 1, Skate 2, me. Skate 3 are all there. And the way MU Deck works is you can have them so you open up MU Deck and then you can see your emulators, you pick your emulator, you see the list of games, kind of like RetroArch. Yep. Or the way it integrates is you can take individual games and add them right to your Steam library. Yep. So you turn the thing on and you're like, oh, do I want to play Rocket League or Apex Legends? And you scroll over and there's Skate 3 part of your Steam library 
and you click yep. it and it just goes right into the PS3 emulated version of Skate 3. Yep. It is amazing. Yep. And all of the PSP games, no problems, no problems with PS2, PS1. It's just flawless. Yep. And it's handheld. Yep. So I can take it upstairs and play it in bed or sit on the couch. Yep. Like if I go away for work, I'm going to take it with me to fucking work and I can just sit there and hammer out the original God of War if I want to. No problems whatsoever. Yep. I fucking love it. Yep. I've and been, that, that's just I've the been wanting to get side. one forever and I, 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 it, it'll only be a few more months till I have one probably. <laughs> and that's just on the emulation side, man. Like before, cause I put all of the, all of the emulation stuff is on a one terabyte micro SD. Sure. So it's, it's all on there. The main hard drive is strictly for my actual steam library. Cause I've got like 130, 140 yep. games in my steam library. I've had Metro Exodus, like that trilogy, sitting in my Steam library for ever. I've yep. never touched it. Oh, you should. They're good. Yeah, well, I'm playing through them now on the fucking Steam Deck. Yep. Because I can just, like, it. the way that their Steam OS works is so beautiful. I'll be playing Metro Exodus, and it's like, oh, shit, I got to do something. I hit the power button. It goes into a deep sleep mode. Go do whatever the fuck I want. I tap the power button and I'm exactly where I left off in that fucking game with supported cloud saves. So if I want to sit at my computer and actually play the game, you can, then I can just open steam on my computer and resume exactly from where I am. Yep. Like it is fantastic. There's yep. even a workaround to get Xbox game pass ultimate working. So like yep. the other day I was like, Hey, well, I want to try this. Like granted it's a little janky cause it opens up, uh, Game Pass Ultimate through an Edge a browser. browser. Yep. But at the same time, I was playing High on Life on Xbox Game Pass Ultimate through cloud gaming at 60 frames per second at their high resolution settings and almost lag fucking free on my handheld as I walked around my house. Yep. It is beautiful. Yep. And the, How's the battery life? Depends on what you're playing. If I'm playing older, like older 2D kind of side scrollers, like if I'm emulating Super Mario World on Super Nintendo, or if I'm playing, I'm really into this game right now called Taz or Craze and the Seven Masks, I think is what it's called. It's just okay. like a side platformer game, very reminiscent of like a Sonic meets Super Mario, like that kind of side, sure. side platform game. I can get like four to five hours out of the battery. That's it's not if, bad. If I'm playing an intensive Steam game, like if I'm sitting there playing Apex Legends or Metro Exodus or like those types of games, then I'm I'm more around the three hour mark. But not about tracks. Yeah. So. so like, I mean, it's not amazing. You're not getting ten hour playtime, but I mean, you can plug it in and play it like throughout the fucking house as long as you have like a sixty water higher, which I have a couple of those kicking around. So it hasn't really affected me. Yep. I brought it with me when I went to Seattle. So I was playing a bunch of fucking Rocket League and stuff when I was in the airport. And then when yep. my battery got low, I just plugged it into my 60-watt charger and I just kept playing. Yep. It, like, it got me through an entire flight. Yep. That's all right. But it's, it's impressive. And, like, yep. I haven't done a whole lot with it, but I especially like the fact 
that at any point in time, you can just push the fucking Steam menu button, go down to power, switch to desktop mode, and then you can Bluetooth a mouse and keyboard to it, plug in a USB-C to HDMI, and you have a full functional Linux computer at your fingertips if you need to, like, open up a Word document or send an email or what have you, right? Totally. Totally. So, yes, I... I initially was like, when the Steam Deck came out, I wasn't against the Steam Deck, but I was like, it, it's not for me. I tried the Switch. I didn't really use it. I found the Switch incredibly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't up my alley. And then my train of thought was like, well, I don't play many games. So why would I get a gaming device? And when I do play games, I'm especially as of late, I've been like only one or two first-person shooter multiplayer games with friends. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> what's the point in buying a Steam Deck? It doesn't make a lot of sense for me. But it's changed the way I play games. It went from, well, I don't play many games. Why should I get it? To now it's like, now that I have this convenience to freely walk around the house or like sit upstairs with the wife while we watch a show and play some games in the background, it's actually increased the amount of time I play games because it's more convenient than it ever has been. Yep. And um, that's what I've heard from like everyone is like, Typically, the number one thing they say is, like, it's changed how I play games for the better. Yeah. Right? So, and it's like, and that, that's why I want to get one is, like, because quite often after work, I just want to kind of zone out and watch some TV or whatever like that. So, but sometimes I also kind of want to play a game. So, it's like to be able to just do both, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely got me playing games that I haven't played in a long time. Like, uh, the nostalgia factor is huge. Mm-hmm. So it's got that going going on me, but then it's also like all this backlog of games I've had in my Steam library forever that like I bought them because one day I wanted to try, but it's like, oh, well, if I'm sitting down at my computer and I only have an hour to play games and half my friends are playing Warzone right now, I'm going to go play Warzone. Right. Well, now instead, when I crawl into bed, instead of playing Homescapes on my fucking phone for 45 minutes before I turn my lamp off and go to sleep... I just hold the Steam Deck there and I'll play a half an hour of of fucking Exodus or a half hour of Rocket League or High on Life or whatever. I'll just sit there and play something in bed and then I put my Steam Deck down on my nightstand and go to sleep. Yep. Yeah, totally. I really want to get one. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I didn't think I would love it as much as I did. I always wanted one, but I'm also a sucker for new technology. Like, we both are. Like I always want the new laptops, the new phones, the new this, the new that. Like I just I'm addicted to fucking tech. So that was me when it first came out. I was like, well, I have to have this. This is new tech. It's made by Valve. Like I need this. Talked myself out of it because I didn't really need it. And then yep. gradually was like, well, I'm hearing all these different takes on it and how it's useful. So like, fuck it, maybe I will. I got yep. a bunch of Steam gift cards and shit for Christmas. So I was like, hey, well, now's the time. I'm not spending a whole lot of my own money out of pocket for this. I have all these gift cards like I might as well use them and I did Mm -hmm. and I'm so happy I did because it's been a fucking it's been a game changer it's definitely revolutionized my my gaming life for sure yeah I'm gonna get one it's just a matter of when I can afford to get one (laughs) so it's which probably sooner than later I'm gonna end up pulling the trigger on one just because I the more I hear about it and then like hearing firsthand from you is like yeah, I'll probably end up getting one. That's fair. I ended up going with like 
the highest end one. Right. Because I wanted so. the storage space and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Depending on what you want to do, I don't know if that's even necessary anymore. Like my one, I brought it over to my buddy's house last night because he wanted to see it. Because mm-hmm. like back in the day, we both used to rock PSPs. Oh, and yeah. we fucking loved it. And he's missed mm-hmm. it. He's never, he like wishes the PSP was still a thing. So when I showed him this, he was like all hyped on it. But for him, most of the stuff, if not all of the stuff he's going to be doing is retro games and emulation. So it's like, hey, you don't need to spend $800 on the top end one with the big, like you can spend the $300 on the bottom end one, get a micro SD card and you're going to be fucking set because the hardware is universal across all three. Like the only difference is the internal SSD and its fucking size. And from what I've read, like when people have tested like the loading times for like the SSD versus like the regular like base version that doesn't have one like it's not really enough to make a huge difference even if you're playing like triple a recent games like yeah it might be a couple of seconds faster but like do you really need that no 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 if you can if you can sit there and boot up grand theft auto 5 and be okay with how long it takes that game to load and not like go into meltdown mode then you can be fine with the two to three seconds it takes to boot up whatever the fuck else you want totally and like as someone that when i was playing my switch fairly regularly is i bought xcom and civ on it because i was like i just want to play these they're some of my favorite games i want to play them on the couch and like jesus christ you want to talk about bad load times like there was points in civ where i was waiting minutes (laughs) so it's like like literally minutes because of like how fucking long it took so it's like yeah yeah, so if a guy can get past that, which I think most people could, like, yeah. for my buddy, I, I was like, save the fucking four or $500 and just get the base model. You don't need anything more. Get an SD card. I'll clone mine, and you can just sit there and play Tony Hawk Underground 2 Remix on PSP until you're blue in the fucking face. Yeah, like, I look at, because I am just looking at the prices now, like, the cheapest one is 500 bucks, which is just, like, the 64 gig SD card. And then it's 660 for the middle version, which gives you just the NVMe, the 256, and then it's 820 for the 512 SSD. And like I look at that and it's like, I'm not spending 660 bucks on a Steam Deck, but 500? Yeah, sure, SD cards are cheap as shit. Well, and the beauty of the whole thing, too, is if you really, really wanted to... You could slap an SD. Yeah, or a you could open SSD up the back, you could pull that SSD out and put a Sabrent one terabyte SSD in there. Yep. Like, there's whole videos out there that are like, this is what this, take this screw out, this screw out, and all of the parts and stuff, if you break it, are widely available on, like, iFixit and through Valve directly. All of the guides you need are out there, like, good guy Valve points to them for like not only making this thing, but being completely open about replacing parts, making them accessible and trying to make it as easy as humanly possible for consumers to update, upgrade and fix their own stuff. Totally. And that's what I've seen. I've seen lots of guys buy the base model, run the emulation. And then when, and swap SD cards out if they want, because a lot of people actually probably have, well, not maybe not a lot, but like, I wanted a one terabyte so I could have all the emulation. But if I had a smaller hard drive, I have a couple other like 128 or 256 gig micro SD cards. 
I could load those up with fucking Steam games, and it's like, oh, I don't want to play emulation. I want to play God of War or yep. Exodus. I could just pull that SD card out, put in the SD card, just like you would with a fucking Switch, and it wouldn't yep. cost you a ton of fucking money. Or you yep. just buy a one terabyte actual SSD down the road when you have more money and you're like, I want more space, and you just fucking... Follow the iFixit guide, and it'll show you exactly what SSD to buy, what size, the dimensions, everything, and exactly how to put it in there, and you can upgrade it at your own convenience. Yep, totally. It's it's an incredible piece of hardware, and I have yet to see or hear of anyone buying one and being like, I regret this. So. I, I, have, <clears throat> I have the Yuzu Switch emulator. Mm-hmm. And Breath of the Wild with like the 4K kind of like updates running it. See, like Breath of the Wild looks and runs better on the fucking Steam Deck than it ever did when I played it on my Nintendo Switch. Yep. Yep. It's just that's that's wild. Yep, totally. Totally. Well, I'm glad it doesn't disappoint. I didn't think it would, but yeah, no, I'm super, super happy with it. I will not be getting rid of it anytime soon. Yep. And I feel much more comfortable in owning it because one of my other concerns was always technology is always moving forward. I don't want to buy a Steam Deck and then, because we're at about a year life cycle into the Steam Deck. I yep. didn't want to buy it and then Valve go, all right, guys, here's Steam Deck fucking two. And Gabe and some of the Steam Deck developers did an interview within the last couple of months, I want to say it was, where they talked about the future of the Steam Deck. And they said with... Because they built the Proton Lair. Like, for, for those who don't know, most games are made to be played on Windows. And Valve has developed a software program called Proton that converts the Windows stuff over to Linux so it can run through fucking Steam. It's running through what they call a compatibility layer. And they've come so far with Proton, but they also want Steam to offer as many games as possible. So there are some developers who are developing their game with the Steam Deck in mind, not just for Windows, but designing it so that it can run through Proton on Steam and be really, really good and optimizing it. That Valve doesn't want to go fucking around with hardware because it'll be like one of those situations where like, okay, cool, this is a new set of hardware, so these games work fine, but these ones don't, and they don't want to make it messy for developers to have to constantly take their games and, okay, this game works great on Windows, it works great on the original Steam Deck, but there's this new hardware, we got to do some optimization so it runs okay on the new one, right? Like, it becomes this battle where they're constantly trying to make six or seven different versions, especially when you look at game developers that release across all of the consoles as well as PC. That's just added steps for them to try and optimize it for everyone. So Valve has said that like, yeah, there will be a Steam Deck 2 and there'll be some changes probably in like joysticks or screen resolution or screen size, battery life and stuff. But for the foreseeable future, they're sticking with their custom built APU from AMD for at least the next little bit. So if like a Steam yep. Deck 2 comes out, the internal hardware, the CPU, GPU, APU, like all of that kind of stuff is going to stay the same. Yeah. The things that are going to change are the battery and the screen. So yep. that 
it's easy for developers to make this stuff work on the Steam Deck. So yeah. Steam Deck 2, yeah, maybe you have a slightly higher resolution screen. Maybe it's slightly bigger with less bezels around it. Bigger Your hardware is going to be the you know. exact same as my hardware. Yeah. The games are going to play the same. Yeah, and it makes sense because like when you're running at that small of a resolution, like you don't need a whole lot of horsepower, right? So it's like at that resolution, you can get most games that are coming out today and just be like, okay, I'm going to put this on, you know, medium to high settings and boom, go to town. Well, right? And then you can tweak that as you need if you want, you know, higher frames or not, right? So. And, oh, and the beauty of it is like a lot of these games, like you go on the Steam store and it'll tell you like if this game is excellent for the deck, like well-optimized, or if some of the stuff works, but some of it doesn't work super great, or it'll tell you if like this game just doesn't really run on the deck at all. Like, sorry yep. about your luck. But like the games that run great on deck that are like optimized for it, like when you launch the game, you open up like the side game specific menu and you mm-hmm. can have like a general profile to like make every game kind of act in a certain way with certain settings, or you can do per game stuff. So like certain games, you can be like, okay, this game and this game only cap it at 40 frames per second, cap the refresh rate at 40 frames for a refresh rate. Yep. And then this other game, you can be like, okay, this one's a little more intensive, cap it at 30 frames, keep these settings low. Don't do this. And you can customize per game. But every game I've opened so far, including like Spider-Man Remastered, I've been playing a lot on the Steam Deck because I haven't finished yep. that yet. I haven't had to do anything. It just opt. Yep. It just knows like, oh, Spider-Man Remastered. This is a great on deck game. This is what we're going to put your settings to, your screen resolution, your frame rate. It just does it, and it just plays. Yep. I just open it. I haven't had to change a single setting in Spider-Man yet to make it play well. It just does. Yep, totally. Yep. I. God damn it. I need to order Steam Deck. It's, it's pretty great. I fucking love it. I'm so happy with it. Yeah. I'm so happy yeah. I can play Skate 3 wherever I want. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, like, the, uh, like my zone out game is that Tony Hawk 1 and 2 re- remake that they did, which is phenomenal. I love that game. I haven't tried it yet, but there's another launcher that you can get called the Heroic Launcher, which will take games from Epic and stuff. And oh, import yeah. them and run it through the Proton layer. I haven't tried it, but I've heard it works fairly well. Right. So I've debated giving that a go. Uh, the only game yeah. I have in Epic is fucking the Tony Hawk 1-2 remake, but... Right. I have a handful just because they have really good sales sometimes, but... But yeah. Hmm. I definitely want to get one. Yeah, it's really nice. If you want to see what it's like, I'm sure at some point I could let you borrow it for a day or two. I I don't even think I need a test demo. I think I just need to buy one. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that's my Steam Deck rant. All right. Okay. So this news is like my wet dream. The John Wick people are making a Rainbow Six movie with Michael B. Jordan. Yes, I did actually hear about that. Sign me the fuck up. I don't need to hear absolutely anything more. No, I'm pretty excited about that. Like, sure. Yep. John Wick people, Rainbow Six. Yep. (laughs) It's been a long time coming. It'd be nice, too, if they'd get off their asses and finally make that Splinter Cell movie, but I'm not holding my breath. 
Yeah, and uh, fuck that Splinter Cell movie has been, I think, in production hell since like fucking 2009 when it got announced or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, a long time. It's just been sitting there. Like at this point, I don't even think it'll happen. I don't think it will either. If you have like, because originally it was supposed to be Tom Hardy. If you have star power like that behind a project and you can't fucking get it off the ground, I don't, I don't know what fucking, I don't know what else you can do. Yeah, I don't know either. And I know it seems like, I mean, this is Paramount, so it's not Amazon. I just want someone to make like a, like little Tom Clancy cinematic universe. There's so much potential for that. Yeah, which is weird that it's going to Paramount, considering that all of the current Tom Clancy stuff is Amazon. Yeah. And I wonder if this will be a thing of, like, similar where, like... Because was it that Amazon bought the Without Remorse movie, like, to premiere it or something? It was some weird thing, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. So I wonder if the same thing happens. Cause that, yeah, maybe no, if it's on Paramount, then it's going to be on Paramount plus without a doubt. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. Yeah, me too. I like Michael B. Jordan and I've always wanted a rainbow six movie. So this is just a heaping pile of win. Yeah. And I thought that without remorse movie was pretty good. So yeah, build on that. He makes a great John Clark. So we're not getting a final season of Snowpiercer? Nope. I thought they were done filming it and everything. Yep. So they finally so, get off the train and we just get nothing. Yep. So here is the saving grace. Is the the creators got the rights when it got canceled. So they're shopping it around. So there is a possibility that it could end up somewhere else. Because that's the only saving grace. It's like when it canceled, the creators were like, we got the rights out of this, and we're currently shopping it around. So it might not happen soon, but... Why wouldn't Netflix just buy the fucking rights? Well, it was weird because it's TNT. I know, but it airs Netflix up here. Just kind of like Riverdale is CW, but in Canada, you get it on Netflix. So if they own the rights to it and they're shopping around, then why wouldn't Netflix just buy it, get the final season, and just own Snowpiercer? Because Netflix is more worried about cracking down on passwords, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I was a Netflix, like, exec, I would be like, yeah, like, how about we just keep this on Netflix? But Netflix isn't really that smart nowadays, so... Yeah, like how long before they're like, okay, the CEO isn't fucking working? I I don't know. Like it's the Netflix's whole problem, and it seems like every company's problem nowadays is like you can't have infinite growth. <laughs> but they keep trying to. That's the models and assumptions that they basically keep working off yes. of, and it's just like every it's quarter not sustainable. needs to be fucking posting more revenue than the quarter prior yeah. to that. Which yeah. There's not enough money in the fucking world for you to just consistently increase your fucking revenue every single quarter. Like, I understand that's the goal of all of these big, you know, multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar companies. It's like, oh, we got to keep the money coming in. Got to keep the money coming in. Okay, well, there's only so much money in the world that exists as a fucking currency. Like, 
and you're not the only trillion dollar company out there. So like at some point, yeah, no, yep. you're going to make the same or you're going to make a little less, but I don't know. I'm of the mindset where like profit is fucking profit. Mm-hmm. Like if I make $50 million this quarter, but I only make 20 million the next quarter, I still made $20 million in profit. Yeah, totally. Totally. So yeah, more companies should look at Costco. That's yeah. an exceptionally well-run company, and it's been but, around forever. And there's a reason why. It's they don't keep chasing the infinite profit. They just they know how to run a really good business and make money, and they treat their staff well. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's really dis disappointing, especially because Netflix just keeps putting out junk. Yeah. Like, yeah, they haven't really had a lot of bangers lately. I had a bunch of people tell me, like, oh, you got to watch The Recruit. You got to watch The Recruit. Mm-hmm. i halfway through, and I just haven't been able to finish. I got one episode in, and I haven't had an urge to go back to it. No, it's not that fucking great. I was like, okay, I don't see it. And then I started watching that 90s show. And I was like, yeah. eh. Not feeling that one either? It was really nice. Like, I really liked the way they did the intro. Because it's okay. still the same like 70s show We're All Alright song, but it's done as like a 90s punk rock grunge kind of song. It's like that was oh. kind of nice to see. I was like, oh, okay, I like that. That's cool. And it was cool to see some of like the old characters come back, right? Because it centers yeah. around Eric and Donna's daughter. Okay, so yeah. like you get to see Eric and Donna in the first episode. And then throughout the season, I haven't finished it, but like you see cameos from Jackie and Kelso come back. Because their son is one of the main characters. Oh, sure, yep. And of course, Red and Kitty are main characters because Eric and Donna's daughter is living with them for the summer. So they're always great characters. And then you get to see a cameo from fucking Fez and a cameo from Leo. So like, they're definitely playing on that nostalgia factor, which is kind of nice. But I don't know. I think they could have done a little better with the casting. Oh, okay. Like, I don't know if it's the direction they were given or the fucking young actors themselves, but they're too loud and over the top. Like, the way they're acting, like, when they do something, it's too extreme or too exaggerated. Sure. Like, you'd have to watch it to kind of see what I'm I'm talking about. I I know what you're talking about, because it happens with a lot of uh, new actors, right? It's like they don't know, they're not confident enough... And their basic abilities, so, like, they try to, like, overdo it, right? So it's, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I was like, oh, maybe this was what that 70s show was like, and I didn't realize it. So I went back and started watching some old 70s show episodes, and it's like, no, they're not yep. like that. Like, it's, they're, the acting is on par with, like, if you were to watch, like, one of them fucking kid Disney shows, like... A sweet life oh. on deck or something like that where like I'm like I'm sitting here going okay based on the characters and the story and like this is you know 20 years you know this is the 90s not the 70s but it's those group of characters kind of kids kind of stuff I would think you would want to attract a similar audience that they attracted initially with that 70s show while still keeping it within reach of the people who grew up watching that 70s show to like bring them back so you get the sure. new audience, but you bring back the old audience. And if you take the characters and the cameos themselves out of the equation, 
the show plays out and feels like it's something that you would see on Disney Kids. Yeah, okay. It is the sweet life on deck. It is fucking Zoe 101. It is, you Weird. know, those kind of shows. Like, it's definitely, like, yeah. You'd have, to, as Weird. soon as you watch a couple episodes, you'd be like, yeah, no, it, I, exact, I know exactly what he's saying. I've been meaning to check it out, so. Like, it, it hasn't been bad, but I wish it was just a little bit more teen adult oriented and not like geared PG for, you know, nine, 10 year olds. Sure. Yeah. Kind of seems like that was my feelings with uh, what was it? The, how I met your father show. Oh, I was, yeah. Like I watched it and I was like, this isn't bad, but like, it's all like, I kind of wish it was just a little bit more like than the original, but yeah. like still watching it and enjoying it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So there, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, it just it feels like forced laughs. Over the top exaggeration of the acting trying to force laughs. And it's yeah, the the best that's the best way I can describe it is like if you feel like you're watching something from like Disney Kids. Sure. Sure. But the last of us, eh? Yeah. They fucking nailed it. <laughs> They fucking nailed it. Oh, it was so good. It was, it was fucking so good. 10 out of 10. Like, and fucking, that's how you do a video game adaption, folks. You change the things that need to be changed, and you keep it true, and everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't even wait for tonight's episode. Yeah, like, me and a buddy watched it, and both fans of the game and like points during that first episode we just looked at each other and was like holy shit like the shit they did and added like the little easter eggs and stuff like it's just fucking phenomenal yeah. and like so okay i'm just gonna say full spoilers <laughs> but fucking how they show when that kid shows up after the 20 year time lapse to show kind of like oh hey this is what happens if you come here and you're infected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it shows Joel just dumping a child into the fucking flames. And it's just like, Jesus. Yeah, it was dark. That's how you show how dark this world is. Right? Like, that wasn't in the game, but it adds to, like, like the, the atmosphere of the show. Yeah. right? You know, and it's... I, I gotta say, though, like, as much as I absolutely loved it and thought it was a complete banger of an episode and I can't wait for the rest of the series. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm still very lukewarm on Bella Ramsey's casting as Ellie. Sure. There was a few parts where I was like, okay, that could have like that. The delivery of your lines wasn't that great or whatever. There was a few parts where I was just like, totally like that is Ellie. But like on the whole, like I'm still I'm still not sold on it yet. Like I'm sold on Joel as Pedro Pascal as Joel. Like he fucking nails it. Like when you look yeah. at him and when he delivers lines, it's like that's Joel from the games. Yeah. Right. Like there's really kind of no disputing that. Like he plays it super well, you know, but like the parts like where you go, Oh, that's Ellie from the games, like I had one or two of those, you know, during the episode, but there was far more where I was like, Okay. And I wonder if that'll 
get better as they go along, maybe, when it's just the two of them? I don't know. Well, and I haven't looked at it, but I'm curious to see how many more people pop up in the series that are actually from the game. Sure. Like, I don't know if you knew this, or if you even noticed, but uh, that one chick, the leader of the Fireflies, who, like, sits down and talks to Ellie while she's chained up and explains the situation... She's the same voice actor and model from the game, eh? Yeah. So, like, that's cool. Because she Um, was that character in the game, and now she's the character in the fucking show. Like, you can't get any more true to to the fucking game than that. She's the person. Yep. They announced two. Two people. I don't know if you heard, but they said it a while ago. Like, the people who voiced Joel and Ellie are in the show. For two episodes each. Yeah, but not as Joe and Ellie. No. No. Yeah, I'm saying I'm curious to see how many more people pop up oh. that were the original model and voice for that character in the game. Because I know there's one more. I can't remember who it is, but I knew she was reprising her like game character in the actual show. And there's one more person who did the voice acting and the modeling for another character in the show who is going to actually play that role in the show. Oh, okay. And I think that is just super fucking cool and unique. Totally. Totally. But yeah, everything everything about that fucking episode was amazing. I love who they got as Tommy. That guy sounds freakishly fucking like Tommy in the games. Mm-hmm. Where I was just like, like I kind of took it back a few times where I was like, that sounds like eerily familiar. Um, but yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know why they did it this way. And it kind of fucking irritates me. I think it was a boneheaded move on Sony's part. But after I watched that first episode, I was like, man, that's so good. And I, I played the original Last of Us and I thought it was fantastic. I remember borrowing someone's Xbox and I sat there and I like within two days just crushed the entire game. Totally. Loved it. So after watching the show, I was like, man, it has been a long time since I played the game. I want to play the game. Mm-hmm. I don't own a PlayStation, but I was like, hey, Sony keeps moving some of their fucking games over. We got Miles Morales. We got Spider-Man. We got God of War. Like, so it fucking... comes to PC like right when the show ends. Yes. That's what drives me nuts. Like I was it... like, I was, I literally went on Steam and I saw the listing and I was like, perfect. I'm going to buy this right now and I'm going to replay through the first Last of Us in yep. my free time as this show was coming out and I went to buy it and it's like, Oh yeah, you can pick it up fucking March like third or 16th or something. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like a week after the show ends. And I think they deliberately did that. I just hate it. Cause it's like, I had the same thing where I was like, ah, I kind of really want to like play through it again. And it was just like, "Ah, motherfuckers. I'm not a businessman. So maybe I don't know the market share, how this is going to work. But I'm of the opinion when you've got this much hype behind the fucking TV show, that game should have released on PC with the TV show. You would think. That would have been the better move. Yeah. Because honestly, by the time the show ends, I don't know if I'll be as motivated to play through it again. I want to play through it again so that as I'm watching the show, you can see I can compare it to the fucking game. But I don't have that Mm -hmm. option now. So it's either I don't watch the show, wait for the whole series to end buy the game and then watch it on my own time. But then I risk running into the chit chat and the spoilers and the Reddit mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. So like, I'm not, I'm going to watch every week when the new episode comes out, I'm going to watch. 
but now I don't have that ability to play through the game and do it side by side unless I go out and buy a PlayStation and I'm not, I'm not going out and buying a fucking PlayStation just for the last of us. Don't get me wrong. Totally. Love the game, but it's not happening. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I really, yeah, I wish the same thing. Cause I had the same urge. Like after I did it, I was like, I kind of want to, kind of want to hop in and fuck around with that game, especially cause they just remastered it and made it look pretty and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I love the fact that it was like 80 some minutes long. Yeah. For like a good, that was a good fucking length for that opening, which to be honest made sense because then you could kind of get the first act of that game out of the way and get it into like present day. Right. Like it kind of gave them, you know, a little bit more length. I don't know if all the rest of the episodes are going to be that long. Probably not, but. Mm hmm. Well, ho yeah. hopefully, uh, I've saw some timelines that some future episodes are going to be over an hour runtime. I honestly would just love to see every episode sitting at like an hour twenty. That would that would be amazing. I, I mean, break it seems the mold. Like probably like with you saying that some episodes might might be that HBO is just like, hey, if it's an hour and a half, cool. If it's an hour, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, do what you think is best. Yeah. Whatever you got to so, do to effectively tell the story. Yeah. But yeah, that fucking episode and man, when Joel's daughter dies, it still fucking hits hard on the screen. Oh yeah, right? it does. Just fucking, and fucking, it was basically a shot for shot from the game. You yeah. know, I convinced my buddy last night. I was like, have you watched it yet? And he's like, no, like I heard someone talking about it, but he's never played the games or anything. And I was like, dude, it's amazing. You have to watch it. So like after we yeah. left, he watched it last night and texted me after and he was like meh and i was like fuck off you think it's meh and he's like no it was really good he's like man but give a guy a fucking warning next time because he's got a newborn daughter and he's like Oof. that fucking scene man that was heartbreaking and i was like yeah you should you own a playstation you should really play the fucking game yep there is the first last of us game is one of the only games that is like came very close to making me like fucking cry as I play just like there's a few scenes where it's just like man that emotional hit is just fucking unreal mm -hmm. you know and it they fucking they're landing all the right beats for like me and my buddy were talking like they they make so like here's a hard thing to do is like Joel's an inherently bad person you know yeah. like when you play the game like you slowly realize like as you're playing that he's he's not a nice person yeah and he's done some he's killed innocent people he's stole and pillaged right you know there's points in the game where tommy goes you're th this is too much like i'm peacing out right and they allude to that right like they they're doing all the things that is right for those characters you know and it's like and it turns out if you have the person who wrote the game also helping to write the show, turns out they know what those characters should be doing, right? Yeah. You know, so it's like fucking phenomenal. Yeah, super, super happy with it. Yeah. Can't wait for more. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I... Hey, HBO, do you want to do a few more video game adaptions? Yeah, please, please do. 
I mean, I saw the greatest meme ever, and it was on the Witcher subreddit the next day, and it was like that Simpsons meme where he's slapping like the kid across the back of the head, and it was HBO slapping Netflix, and it was like, that's how you do a video game adaption. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Witcher is getting like, it's just like like it's gutted, right? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. so good. If you're a fan of the game, watch it. If if you've never played the game, you should still watch it. Did you watch it with the wife? No. Because uh, wa- I was curious it, it, to get what her thoughts on it would be. Because I'm assuming she, I don't think she plays games, right? No. She she's deep into handmade Handmaid's Tale right now. Oh, sure. So she's one of she's. I'm one of those people. Like I'll have eight or. Like eight plus shows on the go and when a new one comes out I watch it she's yep. of the I'm gonna pick a show and I'm gonna watch it start to finish so I think sure. she's still got like one more season to go through so until she finishes Handmaid's Tale that's all she's gonna be fucking watching sure yeah okay fucking Warner Brothers is at it again oh great fucking so apparently, the new DC Universe and Matt Reeves, uh, like the Batman with Robert Pattinson, aren't going to tie into each other. I thought they were going to, like, I thought when fucking, uh, what's his nuts from Guardians of the Galaxy took over that he was like, yeah, we're going to make like a cohesive universe. <laughs> apparently, they're just going to do the same shit they've been doing. Where it's just like, hey, nothing really ties together. Yeah, what? the fuck I mean more or less what the fuck yeah like I read this and I was like Like, I mean I get it because it's this weird thing where like yeah it started before this tree shuffle and I think it was a planned trilogy but uh, why (laughs) yeah that I, I don't understand like you came in here to clean house and kind of fucking get everything sorted out and you're not doing that. No. So, yeah. DC had it again. I don't know. I I was trying to be like, oh yeah, like good good for them, like getting their fucking shit together and they're gonna finally clean this up and like I don't necessarily agree with all of like the wiping everybody out. Like I'm not overly hyped about them going, sorry, Henry, we're just going to start fucking fresh. But then it's like, Hey, Matt Reeves, we're not starting fresh. You carry on. You're good. That should be your opportunity to tie it in. But at the same time, if Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson only want to do a trilogy, right? Because that's the thing is everyone does a fucking Batman trilogy. If they're Mm -hmm. only in it for a trilogy, I'm sure James Gunn and them are like, we want a sustainable universe, but you've done really well. We don't want to cut you off. Do your trilogy and then, and we'll then yeah. do Batman the way we want to do it. Yeah. You can't force Pattinson and fucking Matt Reeves to do more than what their fucking planned universe was. Cause I'm sure Matt Reeves and them have it planned out. Like we're going to do this movie, this movie, this movie, we're going to call it quits. These are going to be our characters. Da 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 da. So they're probably yep. not planning for all of the, like the interactions for a whole fucking universe. So totally. I, but it still kind of irritates me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. 
What else do we get here? Oh yeah, this this is cool. So Valve. Valve. Also, oh, their peer-to-peer -peer Steam download system. Yeah, which yeah, that's that's cool as hell. Especially if you have a Steam Deck, and you've got a game that's installed on your computer, it will install substantially quicker. <laughs> Way fucking faster, yeah. So I've debated taking like firing up and having a separate server as my own fucking Steam cache. Yep, I've also debated that as well, but it's just like. I already burn through storage like a motherfucker when it comes to 4K that I don't want to burn through storage by having... Because I would load up terabytes of my Steam library. It would... Be cool as hell, but like... But, but yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I completely fucking agree. Yeah, so... Maybe, but it's cool maybe one day. This. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely is nice that this is actually happening. So I don't know how I feel about Plex. Like ah, cool and like this whole Plex doing the video rental thing. And I also just read an article that they signed an agreement to be a content provider or whatever for like CBC and CTV. Sure. Which is like cool, like yeah, you want to expand and stuff like that, but then there's that part of me like we know that Plex is not a very large team. Maybe this will give them the revenue to expand the team, but my head instantly goes, okay, looking at the size of your company, the size of your team of developers and stuff like that, you're going to be focused on that and not fixing the infuriating bugs, glitches, and problems that I have as a someone who paid for the lifetime Plex subscription these features and these problems that are not getting addressed. They're not getting fixed. They're not getting improved. I'm not getting new stuff because now all of your time and resource are going to go to making sure that you can rent out videos. Totally. That kind of irritates me. Yeah. It's, I'm really curious what Plex looks like in a couple of years because they're gearing up to go, to go public. So like, I'm curious after that happens, what Plex looks like, you know, like they always keep saying like whenever features come out like this, go into the subreddit and there's people that are, you know, like, please don't fuck our personal media shit. And they always reassure people and say, don't worry, that's not going anywhere. But, you know, as they transition into more stuff that isn't that, you know, does it inevitably get phased out? I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced that it's not going to take a hit. Or that it's not going to be given a back seat yeah. with it going public. As soon as you become a public company, then you have a board of directors, you have investors, and those people want to see the infinite return on fucking money. So, yep. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm hoping that if they do go a little too ham on that side, that some of their very talented developers go. This isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I wanted to be a part of. Yep. And they dedicate their time to bringing the alternatives like MB and Jellyfin up yep. to fucking snuff because yep. realistically that's that's the only other way to go, really. Yeah. And, you know, the reason why I 
still keep using Plex as my primary things. It's the most feature rich and plug and play one to go. Like I've used both MB and Jellyfin as well, and they're just not up to snuff with Plex yet, right? Like as much as people will say, like, yeah, it totally is. It's totally not, right? No. So it's not. Know, it's... And if I was only, only, only concerned about doing stuff in like the comfort of my own home. And mm-hmm. I could probably make it work because I don't have a ton of 4K stuff. So, like, I could very easily make uh, MB or Jellyfin work as my go-to. But they don't compare to Plex when you're on the go. No. Like, being able to stream my Plex when I'm in the hotel room and watch stuff off my server in a seamless Netflix-esque kind of user interface, you don't get that with those two, and that makes it a little problematic. Totally. And, you know, little features like skip intro. Like, you know, people love to say that, yeah, Jellyfin does that. And it's like, yeah, if you install this extension and then it only works on your browser. But it's like, I never watch Plex in a browser. Most people don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right? You know, so exactly. it's like, you know, and it's, you can get a Plex app on pretty much any fucking device. You yeah. know, with the other alternatives, there's still a substantial amount missing from a lot of the stuff. So then you got to go, okay, well shit is there a roku app or a whatever app right maybe but but yeah yeah no i'm i'm with you it's it's cause for concern i'm not overly hyped about it but i mean there's not a whole lot i can do about it either yeah so i mean we'll see where it goes but but yeah only time will tell this is very true so i watched that industry show yeah it's not very good. I don't know why I watched all of it. Did you watch any of it? I tried. I tried the first episode, and I was like, no, this this is not a la Billions. This is not close to Succession. Like, just nope. because it's high-stakes people dealing with fucking money and, like, the back-end greasy shit of that, like, doesn't make it comparable and... I, I don't know. I feel bad for saying this, but I think I might have been a little more into it and the idea of the show if it was like a bunch of people from like Harvard and Stanford and stuff fighting for a position at like the New York Stock Exchange. I don't sure. know. The the location of where it was and the different people they had involved and in it being in London, I don't know. It just wasn't it didn't it didn't do it for me. So yeah. I I tried the first episode and I was like, nope, I'm just not feeling it yeah Yeah, the only reason like that i watched all of it is just it turned into like what i watched when i was cooking where i was like i'm just gonna half-ass pay attention to this in the background as i make food and yeah it's not that great i i yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no that's that's fair that's how i felt about it i did uh finish all of that new jack ryan though i did as well actually okay and what are your thoughts loved it thought it was fantastic jack ryan ones they're always fucking so good yeah it's more jack ryan which is like great so it's keep them coming you want to do another season amazon i will watch it i promise well i think they're doing because krasinski's only doing another season of it and then uh what the hell they're gonna michael pena is gonna like they're gonna shepherd him into like almost like a Rainbow Six esque type show, from what I understand. 
Really? Yeah, because uh, Michael Pena is going to play Ding Chavez, which is one of the people in the books that is on Rainbow Six. But I also am curious now, because they announced that Rainbow Six movie, like, what? Yeah. So like, are they going to tie those two rights? together at some yeah, point? Yeah, like, uh, I was really I, trying to be hopeful for, like, a Tom Clancy universe on Amazon. Because they've yeah. done really well with them. Mm-hmm. But if they're splitting rights and lending stuff out to different fucking studios, this is going to be like Marvel pre-Disney buyout where you're like, oh, you get some good Tom Clancy over here and you get some mediocre shit Tom Clancy over there and none of them interconnect. And From what I understand, the rights are... It's like a Hulk situation. So like the majority of the Tom Clancy rates, I think, are with Amazon. But John Clark and Rainbow Six, I believe, are with Paramount. So it's like that weird thing, kind of like the Hulk, where it's like you can't make a standalone thing with this character because the rights are at a different studio. So it's like that weird fucking thing that got split up at some point for some God knows what reason. I hope that this becomes a turning point for the film industry going forward when it comes to picking up rights for characters from books and like novel kind of universes where they're not like, Hey, this book was really popular. We're going to buy the rights to this character from this book. They should be like, Hey, everyone should be thinking big picture universal type stuff and be like, let's pick it all up so that we have fucking options here. Like, can you imagine if like fucking Amazon was like, Hey, these hunger game books are really popular. We're going to make a deal and we're going to buy the lights to make a movie with Katniss Everdeen, but not license anyone else in the fucking book. Yeah. Be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's dumb. Like it's, yeah. And especially just cause I don't, I'm a huge Tom Clancy fan. Like I've read pretty much all of the books. So it's like, I want to cinematic universe. Ella that a lot, but, but yeah, I'm no, curious I'm what you. Amazon does with it like you got to think they're gonna keep doing it i mean especially if they've announced that hey even when krinsinski goes we're just gonna pivot into a different type show not yeah. called jack ryan so so yeah i guess only time will tell yeah but uh yeah that's just more of that show it was great i i very much enjoyed that season and where it went and him kind of being on the run was kind of cool you know where it was just kind of like all right he's out in the wild doing his thing and and all of that, so. So I watched The Menu. I've heard of it. Ha- it's fl- it fucking sucks. It. Does it? It's, it's, it's one of those A24 movies that the sick part of my brain keeps watching, and then I come onto the podcast and shit about it. The first act was great. It was, like, setting up this, like, mysterious, like, okay, this couple is going to this, like, elusive restaurant, and it starts to get a little bit horror-y. And then it just goes off the fucking rails, and my god. It's it's so fucking dumb. Like, are you ever going to watch it, or can I spoil it? Right. I, it, I, you might as well fucking spoil it. I, may, I can't tell you if I'll ever actually watch it. At the end of the movie is they make, is the fucking chef person makes everyone into a human s'more. Like, legit, and then lights them on fire. It's just like, What? It's f- fucking, it just goes off the fucking rails. 
like it turned into this is so bad i can't stop watching it and i'm just gonna laugh like it's but bad eh yeah it's the trend with all those A24 movies where it's like the first act is like really good and it like kind of hooks you in and it just gets progressively weird and off the fucking rails. And yeah. If I wasn't like a huge Anya Taylor-Joy fan, I probably would have turned it off halfway through. But she kind of carried it where I was like, all right, I'll finish watching this. And then I just laughed the whole time at how bad it was because fucking... Yeah, yeah, well, that's why I'm surprised that you say it sucked so fucking bad. Because, like, she's supposed to be, like, the new golden girl right now. Yeah, and, like, she's great in it. Like, the actors acting aren't bad. Like, they're very good. It's just the movie sucks, you know what I mean? Right? Yeah. Like, she's great. She knocks it out of the park. Well, I... So... Yeah. I read the synopsis, and I was like... I saw the cover and saw Anya Taylor-Joy, and I was like, okay, this is probably going to be good. And then I read the synopsis and I was like, and I'm not as interested as I was. Same with like, there's another one too where I haven't watched it yet, but it's got Timothy Chalamet and it's Bones and All. Uh, okay. It's Timothy I Chalamet and I can't remember. It's called Bones and All. And then I'm like, oh, this looks like it could be interesting. And then you read the synopsis and you're like, oh, it's like young lovers on like running away on a, across the country, but they're cannibals something to that fucking tune. Oh. But I'm like, Timothy Chalamet is like kind of a big deal right now and he's a really good fucking actor. So like, I don't know. But then the I read the synopsis and I'm like, maybe this is going to be fucking junk. So I just haven't bothered to actually watch it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the menu is one of those. On my quest to keep watching these fucking A24 movies, which I think at this point I'm never going to stop, but... Well, there is one that I recently uh, looked at watching, but I haven't done it yet. And it's an A24 and it's Andrew Garfield and it's called like Under the Silver Lake. Oh. And I I only came across it because I was watching this like, I don't know if it was like a Watch Mojo or something YouTube thing. Sure. They were like, hey, A24 is this like studio that has a record and a history of like putting out these Oscar winning fucking like highly coveted artistic films that you would never see from a major studio, but they are well-written, well-acted and da, 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 da. And then they went on to a whole spiel about how under the silver lake is a 24s like the one movie that they try to actively pretend they never actually put out because they're so embarrassed by it. So, okay. So that tells me it's probably good. Because I, as someone who watches every A24 movie, because I always hear the same thing where they're like, oh my God, this is the award season buzz. And you go on Reddit and the film purists are like, yeah, these are amazing. 90% of them fucking suck. And they're weird shit like the menu. But like that 10% will like, I'll get a good movie and I'll be like, you know what? That was really good. You know, like Uncut Gems is A24. Mm-hmm. Ex Machina is A24, right? Yeah. Like every once in a while they do a banger. But in my mind, the 80% is just like, this is some weird meta fucking art purist shit that like, yeah, it's going to appease those people. But yeah. most people are going to watch this and go, what the fuck? Well, you should add Under the Silver Lake then, because 
Okay. Apparently they I like will. don't talk about it because they're not happy with it overall. But like I watched the trailer and I was like, that actually looks good. It's like this mystery suspense where Andrew Garfield meets some girl at a hotel. Like he's staying at the hotel, she's staying there. They kind of strike up this friendship and get to know each other and he kind of likes her. And then all of a sudden she just fucking disappears. So he tries to figure out where she goes because no one seems to know where she goes. And it's kind of like this conspiracy where he's kind of like losing his mind. Like the world yeah. is against him kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. You have to watch the trailer, but I watched the trailer and I was like, well, this actually looks interesting, but I haven't watched it yet. But this apparently is the one film that a 24 picked up. And then after some initial screenings or something, basically like didn't give it the push. They give all their other films. Like they give all their other films, promotion, submit it for awards, do all yeah. this other stuff. They picked it up, did some test screenings, and were like, we're going to quietly fucking push this one out the back door. Weird. That that almost like tells me that it's actually a good movie then. Mm. <laughs> as weird as that is to say. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know why I keep watching the A24 movies, but I th I'm just too committed now. Fair. I have to. Fair. I have to Fair. punish myself with those movies for some reason. But hmm, interesting. I will add that to the list. But yeah. And the menu. It's just fucking weird bullshit. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. Not at the top of my <laughs> list then. Nope. I wouldn't put it on any list to be honest. But yeah. That's all I got, I think. Yeah, I don't really have anything else either. Nope. Okay. Color there? Yeah. See you in a couple weeks. All right. Peace. Later.